Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Final breath. 
Wow, that song went fast when I'm multitasking. <laughs> Hello, folks. Thank you for once again coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. Uh, thank you for again for coming uh, to the show, whether it is live now or whether you are listening uh, to the podcast. Uh, we're going to have uh, another excuse me, interesting show, I am sure. Um, so if you'd like uh, to chime in, just give us a call at 347 945-7428. Uh, I see we already have a caller in tonight. We'll get to in shortly. Uh, now, one of the things that here on Bart's Logic, and, and there are times when you'll hear things first here, and then you'll hear it uh, through other news. First, uh, I was predicting for months uh, that we, uh, not we, but Biden uh, was going to pick Kamala Harris as his running mate. And then you've also, I'm sure, heard me say, uh, and we've discussed that it's not really a Trump versus Biden uh, campaign. It's actually a Trump versus Harris. And, you know, Kamala Harris is really the person who's going to be the one to be the president of the United States, because even if uh, Biden were to be elected, he wouldn't last a year. And it appears uh, that uh, Harris and Biden have both uh, kind of let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. Uh, we've all heard that term before. It looks like they've actually let it out. And so we're going to talk about that, of course. That's hearing both from and Harris, um, them talking about a Harris administration. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, and then also, of course, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about something you may or may not have heard of, but I don't know. I haven't heard a lot about it. I just uh, you know, seen an article on our Bards Logic Political Talks uh, website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and uh, I go through Wix, and I, I have a little bone to pick with them because I, I can't find a way to. Cause there's some things on the on the page on the Bards Logic newsroom, like somehow you know uh, you know an article from Babylon B got on there, and I want to investigate how you know that because I, I, it's it's fake. News. I mean, it's, I know it's parody, it's supposed to be funny. Uh, but I'm not a big fan, you know, fan of that kind of stuff, you know, on on there. I guess every once in a while, but not really. <laughs> but anyway, now I want to try to get a hold of them to, uh, but I have no email address for customer service. I have no uh, no telephone number, at least none I can find. Uh, and so, if, I mean, I might have to change the website. I, I hate to, I've had the website since 2012, uh, so I would hate to not have it any longer. Um, and just go to a different site, but uh, but we'll see. But I mean, I'm always uh, if you can't get a hold of your customer service, then I don't know if I want to work with a company that you know you can't get a hold of. Them. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying it was, it, uh, I haven't seen it and I haven't found it. Um, so you know, I don't know. You might see a different look uh, in the future for the website just for that. I hope not. I mean, it's, it's it's worked pretty well for uh, for me uh, for this long. It's just I, I don't like not being able to get a hold of uh, like customer service and things of that nature. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I know it's more towards email now, less than you know talking. And of course, they got oh Q and A and help people and stuff like that. But eh, I'm more of a well, you're a talk radio show host, right? You like to talk to people, and, and that's what I do for a living too is uh, talk to people. Um, part of my big part of my job, but anyway, uh, hopefully we won't. But anyway, so we we do get the article that, that I found from there. 
uh, about Biden's cancer charity and how it's uh, enriching uh, the executives who run it. And then, of course, uh, you may have heard about uh, the recent, you know, coming out with documents uh, in regards to the Mueller pr- uh, probe. So we'll be talking about that tonight as well. And if you remember, if you're a longtime listener, we talked two years ago, and we've been waiting patiently since then. Uh, you know, when we had our episode, time to investigate the investigators. And that was, uh, I think that was our, our May, at least that's what I have down here, uh, our May 23rd, 2018 episode. So I got a link to that. Uh, so you may want to check that out. And so, uh, but anyway, we uh, do got our caller here, and I believe we got Dave on the line. So let's go ahead and welcome Dave. Uh, thank you very much, Dave, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing good. Just a little uh, weather dropped a little bit over here, so I'm trying to get acclimated to it. You know, North Carolina there, right? Correct. Gotcha. So, uh, I mean, did you hear the – I'm going to play the audio. Um, but have you – I mean, have you heard uh, anything? You know, have you heard that uh, either Biden or – or Harris talk about the Harris administration? Oh, yeah. I mean, they had a Freudian slip twice. I mean, Biden said it, and then Kamala Harris said it. You know, I mean, the cat's out of the bag. I've known this since she, you know, since she was the VP, that she would be the presidency. In fact, there's a really good uh, YouTube uh, channel called uh, Blue Collar Logic, and he talks about that, that let's just say hypothetically Biden becomes the president. He drops out, then Harris. She can she can serve almost three terms if she would be elected twice. Remember, she, uh, president can only be served can only serve two terms elected. But if it was the VP, and let's say sometimes the president, they can serve that term and then serve and then serve again. So we're talking eleven years of Harris, which would be the the end of this country, end of our republic as we know it. But uh, you know, you know, I was at the gym uh, earlier tonight, and we were talking about this. I was talking about this one guy. He was talking about, you know, we we're talking about Trump's demeanor. You know, he's not a nice guy. Okay, I get that. And you know, I say this onto all men that being nice, you won't get anywhere in life. I promise you. I've been in business. I've been in sales. I've been, <laughs> I say, successful with women, but I real they don't like nice guys. They want somebody who gets the job done, even if they're uh, an a hole. And, you know, Trump does act like that, but guess what? He gets results. Uh, Jimmy Carter, nice guy, horrible leader. I mean, Ronald Reagan wasn't innocent. He left He left his first wife for Nancy because, one, she was beautiful, and two, she was rich. But Kamala Harris it would be the most dangerous person to ever serve. Obama's a puppy dog compared to her because she is so transactional. She will do whatever it takes to get ahead in life. She doesn't care if people die. I mean, basically, she has that you know Hillary Clinton attitude. But look at her track record. Uh, the one thing I ever applauded uh, Tulsi Gabbard was she went after Harris and she bombarded her for eight minutes about how oh, yeah. she kept people on yeah on death row. She extended sentences for cheap labor. She put more black men in prison for minor charges, marijuana. We're just talking about marijuana. We're not talking about abuse or, or rape or anything, but just marijuana. And then she goes on a radio show and says, oh, I smoked pot listening to Tupac and Snoop. But she was in college in 1986. So not only is she a benign liar, 
She's crooked. She's corrupt. And she doesn't practice what she preaches. So I can't wait for the debate with uh, Mike Pence and her because oh. he's going to destroy her. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think his calm demeanor, his calm demeanor is going to be so uh, in contrast with her snarky, you know, her, her snarky demeanor that I think I think it's, she's just going to come off. Frankly, I think she's just going to come off as a bitch. <laughs> You know, in, the, in there, I mean, I, frank, uh, frankly, I mean, I, I, I do. I think she's going to come off. I think she's going to come off as a bitch, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one too. And of course, you know, looking forward to the uh, the, divide, the Biden debate, you know, as well. You know, but he, here's a scary thought. So let's say she. He, here's a scenario I can see uh, as well as she was to get elected. I mean, well, see what I mean? We're already – and uh, but here's another scary thought. What if she becomes the the president, and she gets to pick who her vice president is, through my understanding of it, and I'm thinking, well, what if she goes, you know, this person should have been the United States – you know, the president of the United States in 2016. So I think I'm going to have Hillary Clinton be my vice president. <laughs> Could you imagine I that? Be, I mean, I could see it. I don't know if Hillary takes second seat, but I would move down south. I'm not talking Mexico. I'm not further down. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The republic would be over. Just uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, and I was telling the gentleman at the gym, he's really, he's really smart about politics. You know, but and I don't want to come off as sexist, but the history has shown when women take the take the helm of power man it just it goes haywire you can go from nefertiti you can go from queen isabella you can even go to margaret thatcher she overstepped her boundaries she wasn't perfect because she's you know very emotional oh well i'm and not we can't go a friend of margaret thatcher anyway except the way that she treated the irish and nah, i don't i never liked her anyway yeah a lot of people have that uh, that same feeling about the way she treated the Irish, and did we wish it, was it really necessary to get involved with the Balkans, uh, the Balkan conflict? Because 642 uh, Brits lost their lives on an impulse they believe. So, I'm just I'm just saying, you know, can you imagine two women at that much power? And can you imagine what the feminists would say if, if their husbands try to say anything? They'd be like, "F off, man! It's their turn. It's our turn. The future is female." And to be honest, that kind of scares me. Because he, uh, given how emotional you know women can be, and you can we you can call me a sexist, I don't care. Even to me, I don't care if you call me misogynistic, racist. It does not bother me one iota. I'm just speaking. I'm just speaking of facts in human nature and how we're programmed. So yeah, Kamala Harris being the president of the United States would be the scariest thing, the most dangerous thing for this country. Yeah, and just yeah, and those, and those two and. And so yeah, so here's a little little montage, not montage really, because it's it's basically just him. Uh, you know, basically it's 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 just him uh, repeating himself. But here's a little thing I put together. Harris Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort and keep pushing further to make it. Harris Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort and keep pushing further to make it. Harris Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort and keep pushing further to make it. Harris Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort and keep pushing further to make it. <laughs> I just think it's funny. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, you know uh, it's, 
Trump. He can't. He doesn't even know who he is. You know, they've already got oh, him on. Uh, have been amazing, yeah. actually. I'm not biased, but those are ads you use against your opponent. You know, it's not the same was that does the black and white and screen. They go into detail that the cops won't save you. This won't happen. He doesn't even know who he is. I mean, that's how you well, do it. So. Well, I know a big hoopla that's that's, that's coming up is they're they're comparing how you know they're saying oh well the big donors aren't do-, you know we we this is how we know it's over for for Trump the big donors aren't uh, you know they're not put, spending they're not spending the money is what they're is what they're saying uh, and you know which and that kind of concerns me so but then I actually thought about it and I'm only yeah bringing that up because kind of in that vein. And, you know, I think that the reason they're not, I mean, I think that they're, um, they're you know, instead of, because I know it's like, oh, well, they're spending their money because they want to put their money behind Trump and they want to show their support for Trump. And because if he gets elected, then they think it's going to come back to him. Uh, I think two things. Uh, one is that I think that it's either one of two, possibly more, but I think it would be one of two things for that. One is one, they don't feel like they need to spend the money. Because they're pretty confident Trump's not going to need those ads. You know, he's out all the time on the campaign trail. He's, you know, the media is always covering him. You know, he, and he makes them look like idiots. And right. and then also, they know that unlike the other politicians, Biden just can't be bought. Not Biden. I meant I meant uh, Trump. Trump just I was reading something that said Biden. Like, Trump can't be bought, so they're like, well, why should we bother using our money, you know, to try to be, you know, curry favor with Trump when it's 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 not going to matter because it's he's not going, you know, it's, it, he's not going to be able to be bought. Exactly. You know. Uh, again, I was watching this other YouTube and like and my. Uh, he got two million, two billion dollars of free advertising, whether it's good or bad. He said that. Whether it's good or bad, it's press, and he used the media, and he trolled everybody. I mean, did we ever think that Donald John Trump, the entrepreneur, ladies' man, playboy, billionaire, would ever be the 45th president of the United States? I remember 2000 when he said he was going to They didn't either. They laughed, right? They laughed. They're like, no way. He has like a a 0.357 of a percent of even getting the nominee. But what did he do? It was absolutely incredible because – you know, my girlfriend at the time, very apolitical, by the way. When Trump was on that CNN first debate in 2015, he just said, I'm not going anywhere. And she pointed to the TV. She goes, that's going to be our next president. I promise you. I said, no way. It's going to be Scott Walker. And then what did he do? Trump, he was the first troll. He, Scott Walker, he said, who are you? And he drops out. Then Rand Paul, Paul where he said, Rand, on the second debate, you were, you were in the middle, and now you're way over there. That just means you're failing. He drops out. And then he pulls – Carly Fiorina, or he trolls uh, Carly Fiorina, talks about her face, talks about there. She can't recover. She uh, drops out. Then he goes to Ben Carson. Ben Carson, that story about him getting stabbed, he trying to stab somebody with a belt buckle. All Trump did was just open up his jacket and say, do you really believe that lie? He drops out. And then Chris Christie was next, but he didn't want to get he, – he knew what he was going for. He was probably going to compare him to like William Taft and saying he's just too fat. You know, He'll get stuck in a – can you imagine him waking up at 3 in the morning, how long he'll take? He trolls, so he drops out. Then he goes for Marco Rubio, calls him little Marco. He trolls him so badly, he sends him water nonstop to the campaign offices, to to his events. What happens? He loses concentration. He drops out. 
And then he goes for the bigger dogs. He goes for Ted Cruz. Then he went for Hillary. Then he went for the media. Then he went to Hillary Clinton. And the people said, well, he just cannot be bought. You cannot shut this guy up. This guy just keeps moving forward. So do you honestly think Joe Biden has a shot in hell against Trump in a debate? Trump's going to wipe the floor with him. He's just going to – all yeah, Trump's going to do – go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, no, I had a, I actually had an audio clip I, of, of some more gas uh, that I was going to have prepared, but damn it, I forgot to, I didn't uh, upload it. <laughs> I didn't upload it to uh, uh, to my uh, my audio clip. I mean, I could try to, uh, I don't even know if I could play it through my uh, my device uh, that I use, but oh, I had some more gas. I had a little, like, it was only about a minute or so, but it was just some, some nice, some fun gas, uh, but I forgot to put that in. It's just like it's amazing that people think that Biden has this shot. I'm not under underestimating Biden whatsoever. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of money back behind him, but you cannot go against the movement. I saw those rallies, man. I was at a Trump rally in March. It was insane. I was like, oh my god, the parking lot. Oh yeah, I went to a bunch of them. Yeah, I mean, the energy is just positive. It's about, you know, how great our country is and we can make it better for everyone. The low unemployment, the the roaring economy. And then you go to a Biden rally, if it is a rally, and all he talks about is just how bad Trump is. I'm like, okay, what are you going to do different? You keep talking about how bad he is. And that's why I ask everybody else, what do you have against him? He goes, oh, he's not, he's not, an, oh, oh, he's not a nice guy. He's not, he's not a, a moral man. And you think JFK was a moral man? Are you serious? He cheated on here with, with Marilyn Monroe and dozens of other women. He appoints his brother the attorney general. He was a moral man. You think Dr. King was a moral man? His wife even said, yes, he had affairs. I only saw him 10 hours a month. He plagiarized his PhD. Hey, but you know what? He, 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 he changed the world. Gandhi, I'm not even going to go into Gandhi. It's, it's disgusting, but you know how I regard him now. I can go on and on with different presidents. Man, I go from all from Abraham Lincoln, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton. Yeah, not Abraham Lincoln was not the good. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln was not the good guy that everyone thought he was. That's for certain. Mark, Mark Teddy Roosevelt. Holy crap! I, Teddy Roosevelt used his presidency as a kingdom, as a kingdom ship, basically. He did a lot of bad things, but yet we regard him as oh, he was for the fighting man, the working man. You know, and Trump, yeah, he of course, he had affairs. I'm pretty sure he had massive. He's had massive orgies with beautiful women from all over the world. He cheated on both of his wives. We're not perfect. We're in, by no stretch of imagination am I excusing this, but he's also a man too. He's not. He's not uh, infallible. So I'm tired and of saying. Always, oh, he's not. Go ahead. But I've always said, you know, I'm. It's like, look, I'm not voting for. A, I'm not. I'm voting for a president, not a pope. <laughs> Exactly. Even the Pope has got skeletons in his closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. Um, yeah. But, well, and then just to uh, you know, to play along, I do have an article here. I, I was trying to dig up, and let me tell you something. Trying to dig things up, uh, whether it's it's you know Bing or what, I don't even use Google anymore. Actually, uh, I've been trying to use mm-hmm. uh, Bing. If, if I don't. If you know, if, if I don't have it scoured through uh, the Bard's Logic Loop Talk website and its newsroom page, I try to find it, and I I couldn't find an actual audio uh, of Kamala Harris and what she said. Uh, but it says uh, Kamala Harris's uh, Joe Biden running mate 
and 2020 election raised eyebrows on Monday evening after she accidentally touted economic plans under a Harris administration. Speaking during a virtual roundtable with small business owners in Arizona, Harris vowed that they would have an ally in the White House with a campaign's Build Back Better initiative. However, the California senator appears to briefly suggest that she was at the top of the Democrat ticket. And she states, quote, a Harris administration together with Joe Biden as as the president of the United States, she said. She quickly clarified uh, Biden-Harris administration will provide access to $100 billion in low-interest loans and investments from from minority minority business owners. And see, and I'm going to touch on something that when they talk about, you know, $100 billion in low-interest loans and investments, and it says from, but they probably meant for. For minority mm-hmm. business owners, you know I, that that's where I'm so sick of this whole white privilege stuff. It's Absolutely. like you know when someone when someone says, "Oh, you need to apologize for your white privilege," I'm like, you know what? What white privilege do I have? I said, let's see. Is there a national organization for Caucasian people? No. Is there you know the a national endowment fund for Caucasian people? No. Is there the Caucasian College Fund? No. Is there? And she just put. Is, is there low interest loans for white men who want to start up small businesses? No, you know. And so, is there affirmative action to make? Look at sports. I mean, if you want it to be equal according to the population, I mean, look at basketball. Look at football. Look at what baseball's becoming. You know, where's the affirmative action there? So, oh, so affirmative action should apply everywhere else except for sports. Why is that? So you want to talk about this white privilege? I don't think so. There have been plenty of things that that's, that's been put out there in order to try to what they call level the playing field. Mm-hmm. I'm really here for this white privilege. Everything I have, I've earned. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, as a Hispanic man, I've seen. You know, I'm I'm looking at. You know, I'm looking on the inside out, and as Caucasian men, Caucasian straight Christian men are under attack in this country. We cannot deny that. And you know, I but you know what? I put the blame back on you. I'm not saying not, not your race. I'm saying because you failed to watch your kids' schoolwork. You failed to stop these radicals. You failed to do that. And I'm saying this to Caucasian men. You failed, and now you reap what you sow. How communism infiltrates countries, it's not just instantly. It takes time. Remember, the communists didn't reach Cuba. I think they reached them in the 30s. But it takes generations to start breaking you down. Look what's going on in college. The most people who are in college are women. I think it's like 72%. It's insane. There's not that many men anymore. Uh, they look at these useless degrees that they get, gender studies, women's studies, African-American studies. Okay, so they can't get a job. So what? Then they, you know, they become bitter. They become angry, and they're like, okay, yeah, I will vote for bigger government. I will look for that. I will look for the scapegoat, and, that's, and this is what's going on. You know, I, I tell um, one of our panelists here that the only – Swing vote in this country are Caucasians. To be honest, last time the Caucasians ever uh, ever let a Democrat win by the majority was the LBJ, and after that, it's like they're dispendable, you know, expendable. And the problem with conservatives is that they don't address the elephant in the room. And you know, I do. I would say we have to look at the elephant in the room, and that, my friend, is the demographics in the country is rapidly changing. Now, if you slowly, slowly move you know, towards a different demographic by keeping the values, there's nothing wrong. But 
if you drastically change the demographics, you know, you can have, you know, it does, it will bring on a disaster. Case in point, Dallas County, Texas, at one time elected Ronald Reagan with 98% of the vote. Dallas County, Texas elected Ronald Reagan in 80, 84 with 98% of the vote. Dallas County is now blue. Ronald Reagan won California in a landslide in 8084. George Herbert Walker, the last Republican to win California, won it in a landslide in 88. But because of changing the demographics and, you know, uh, I would say more so liberal white women because men are, you know, a lot of – 85 percent of men are uh, blue-pilled and beta, so to speak. So, you know, the, the ideology of, you know, of this privilege is taken over. But the fact is the ones who are saying, you know, this white privilege are the ones in power. They're keeping their power, and that's the goal of uh, socialism, which will eventually be communism. Is to break down the society, divide and conquer, but maintain power. Now, rules are for thee, but not for me. Look at Chicago. Rules are for thee, but not for me. Philadelphia. Rules are for thee, but not for me. Even Charlotte, North Carolina, over here. You know, Vi Lyles, her daughter. <laughs> you know, breaking the law. Nothing happens. Rules are for thee, but not for me. And we have to, you know, as conservatives, we have to address that. And of course, there's going to be backlash. Absolutely. You know, times I've been called racist. <laughs> when I was in Hawaii, I was like, and. Do you think I care? Oh yeah, I don't care either. So, to be honest, I really no, don't. No, it doesn't bother me. Okay, cool. Gaslighting. I, I I would say things like this. I would say here's some propane for your gaslight. <laughs> Just walk off. But, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I I'm not I'm not really don't care. And, and that and you make a good point. I mean, right now, like what sixty four sixty one to sixty three percent of the country are still what would be considered you know non Hispanic whites, right? I mean, could you imagine if they if they voted as high for percentage of a block for one political party as, let's say, you know, the African American or Black community does? You know, I mean, and, and the thing is, is you have people, and this, I don't, again, this is my town racist, but I don't care. You know, okay, you have them. Oh, well, let's do. This is what we want to do for the Latinas and Latinos. This is what we want to do for. Uh, you know, the the black community. This is what we want to do for women. This is what we want to do for the gay community. You never hear anything about, what, what can we do for the white community? What are we going to do for the white community? They never, as you said, yeah, they, you know, they, they want us to vote for them, and pretty much, you know, unfortunately, we have to because there's really not any alternative party. Oh, mm-hmm. oh and I got a funny thing. I want a, a funny update. I got an email. Uh, now I'll talk about it. Let me, I'm going to try to find this funny email that I got. And it was from 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 someone uh, that, that Nathan guy used to come on to the show, and um, you know we had kind of a falling out. But he didn't say it was me, but I think it was referring uh, referring to me. And I'm gonna try to find that email on, on what he what he said in, in an email to somebody, um, and I'll see if I can find that uh, and, and put it on there. But but anyway, but yeah, but there's no real like they don't. I mean, there's 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 nothing that say, oh, we're gonna try to do this for for white males. I mean, it's nothing. But I mean, if all the white men said, look, tired of being overlooked all the time, you know, and then you guys are always wanting to pander to these all these di- these different groups, but you never want to do anything to, you know, for for us for whatever reason that is. I, I, I'm telling you, if they would just get tired of it, I. <laughs> 
that'd be uh, especially on well, the right and the left. I mean, you can't you can't say for either one of them uh, because neither one of them really say, oh, well, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to try to do this for 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 white business owners. You just you just never hear it. No. No, we shouldn't hear that. We shouldn't. I, I don't believe in race-based, you know, uh, businesses and all that. Like I was watching TV, you know, I guess there was – I forgot what company it was, but we're dedicated to putting $5 million in helping black businesses. I was like, do you guys ever hear of the Civil Rights Act? I mean, I, is that not put? Is that not ringing a bell? Because I guarantee someone's going to sue, and they're going to win. Now, if it's a liberal court, no. But the court that we have now, if it took it to the Supreme Court, they're like, hey, you kind of, they're right. You cannot do that on base uh, race base. Uh, gotcha. And so, yeah, here it is. It's uh, well, no, and I'm not saying. I mean, I don't really want them to do anything anyway. I don't want. I'd rather. I'd want to rely on the government as, uh, you know, as least as possible. Uh, but what I've got. Um, you know, but it just—it just—it's just a point, really, for me, you know, for me to make that. You know, they just never—they never do. Uh, so, and I got Kelly on the line. Kelly will get to here, but here's that email. Uh, not, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, it says, and I think there was referring to myself. It says, you know, I agree with your disagreement with somebody else. It says, but what can we do when citizens with a microphone and a keyboard think they are a bully god? with an opinion and have not read the Constitution. Let the insanity continue another election cycle as we move toward the future, having no idea where it leads. Okay. So basically I think they're referring to me as a bully god, which – have you ever watched that movie – have you ever watched that movie, uh, The Martian? Yeah, I did. Where he's talking that about you know, the, the pirate, the space pirate, and he was all excited. I will love the space that movie. pirate. The space pirates, but if you ever watched The Martian, that was one of the biggest Chinese propagandist movie I've ever seen. Like it China was, was the, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, Ridley Scott. I I, I haven't watched it since. I I won't, probably won't never watch it again. When I was in the theater, I was like, so are they getting on with China or something? Because they're making China as the hero, the communist yeah, country. Yeah, you're right, they do. It was insane. I was just like, are you serious? And then you know they they play the gender card. They, I mean they 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 filled all the cards. They played. There was plenty of blacks, Asians there, and it was cool because you know it was, that was that is how America is. But the women, if you notice, the women were in charge. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe Ridley Scott, man. I used to think that guy was like a manly man, and it's like, dude, he's well, still uh, I mean, I, I actually, like, I mean, I I I agree with you. I mean, I, I in that instance where you know, oh yeah, they made. You know, China looks like the heroes. I mean, I still I like him. Most movies that are about Mars, because I'm just you know, I'm fascinated with Mars. And uh, you know, but anyway, you know, so anything with that, but that that's true. But it's I just thought it was funny. It's like so you know, so he liked the idea of being called a you know a, a space pirate, and so I'm being called a bully god, and I'm thinking, wow, I, I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of say that tongue in cheek a little bit, but you know, I like being referred to a god. It's kind of nice. But uh, and he did use the small g, you know, when he put God there. Uh, and so uh, uh, <laughs> I just thought it was funny. But 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 what? And here's the part. I don't, and we'll get Kelly in. 
you know, it says, let the insanity continue another election cycle as we move toward the future having no idea where it leads. Guess what? To that, to re- the response to that, guess what? We know exactly, and I'm going to bring in Kelly after this, we know exactly where it's going to lead in a Harris-Biden administration. Let's be honest. That's what it would be, a Harris-Biden administration. And we know. So it's like we don't – it's not like, oh, you know, we don't know where it's going to lead. And, you know, yeah, yeah, we do. That's why we're so animate and saying, look, this is not the time for third party. This is not the time for, you know, you know, you know non-party affiliates because, I mean, for local – I would say for local elections, certainly. Vote them in for – I mean, for, for local elections, vote as many – you know, alternative, non-Republican, non-Democrat people as you can, okay? Get them as many of them as you can in. But when it comes to, like, Congress and the White House, no. Now's not the time. Because, for one, the chances of that happening are nil. And all you're doing is helping the Democrats. And that's where you don't want the, the, you don't want the country. And, he, and this guy even said, I don't care if I'm helping the Democrats. So I'm like, so you're just basically admitting that you know – and if you you know, and you really don't care if you're inadvertently helping the uh, the Democrats, and there was really no response to that. But let's go ahead and bring Kelly in. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hey, pretty good. And what good. about uh, yeah? And what, yeah, and you're you're over in California there, Kelly. So you know, give us some. You know, one of the things that's big in the news is it's it's not exactly with um, our first part point of. Uh, of of discussion, but you know, since you're there, you can maybe give us some kind of reporting from there about the wildfires that are going over in California. Yeah, well, uh, um, I'm I'm smoking, and uh, you know, my neighbor smokes, my other neighbors, the whole Siskiyou County is smoking because the smoke is everywhere. We had, um, I, w- I would guess, maybe three mile visibility today. A couple days ago, it was so bad that. Um, you could see maybe a mile. I'm in a valley, and there's um, we're surrounded by mountains, and some some days you can't see them. You can see one is kind of in the middle of town, Butcher Hill, but uh, we, west of us we've got a 130, probably 140,000 acre fire, and uh, we're on the Oregon border, Siskiyou County, Mount Shasta, if you're Mount Shasta, and then we look at the Mendocino fire. It's called the Autumn Fire, and Yesterday it was like 925,000 acres, probably going to be a million acres, only 25% contained. Um, they had, uh, let's see, yeah. So, the, well, the one we have in counties is the Slater. Uh, Slater, it's called the Slater Fire, and it is, uh, like, you know, again 130,000. But the town, over 170 homes uh, were burned. Uh, several hundred structures. We go up into Oregon, which I do on occasion, go shopping, whatever. Medford area, you have from south to north, you have Ashland, then Talent, a small town, then Phoenix, another small town, then Medford was pretty good size. And you got some more towns northeast and northwest of Medford. Well, they've been arresting arsonists. Heard on the news last night, uh, one guy got charged with 31 counts. And he's probably going to be in jail the rest of his life. Uh, he, and there's been people dying from this. A grandmother and her granddaughter uh, died trying to escape. Um, heard a personal story today through the grapevine. When, 
some knuckleheads um, southeast of Medford took a, 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 uh, an old used car. They put a propane tank on top. They started it on fire. Some locals saw it right away. They got the license plate. It was a getaway car. So they set this car on fire hoping this propane would explode. But it just happened a firefighter was coming on his way to another fire. And he got in there and he got the fire out real quick. But the way the winds were, it could have really hurt Medford. Um, so Phoenix and Talent, small towns. Okay, so Ashland, Phoenix, uh, Talent, Phoenix, Medford. Um, the, the oh, What's the name of that? Um, Alameda Fire. Anyway, 2,700 homes have been lost. And there's more people getting rounded up for committing this arson. I mean, it's just terrible. I'm trying to escape to the Midwest for a week. I mean, it, even my son, you know, his lungs are kind of bothering him. I, I, have, I got him a filter. I got me a filter, an air, you know, air purifier. We get this every year, but never this bad. Never this bad. And the environmentalist saw a tweet from Obama saying, oh, it's global warming causing this. Um... Yeah, you want to call arsonist global warming? I, I don't know. I mean, it certainly is warming up here when you get the fires going. Um, but Obama was saying that, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Are you not understanding that when these massive forest fires, I mean, it's got to be at least 2 million acres, how many tons and tons or thousands, tens of thousands of tons of CO2 is getting released into the atmosphere? If we're concerned about global warming, we need to manage our forests. And the good news is uh, Trump met with Gavin Newsom. Um, while that is good news that they're getting along in such a crisis, um, even my uh, – there's a county supervisor here, Ray Hopps. He's a forester, um, was at this meeting in Sacramento. And they are reevaluating, reconsidering federal and state cooperation to manage the forest much better than they have been. It's ridiculous how difficult it is to get a, a, a logging permit. If we could, we used we used to have um, fire safe areas where they they cut a strip, so the you know 200 yard strip to uh, prevent the forest fire from jumping, and more manageable. We used to have all sorts of forest service roads all over for logging, and they've blocked them off, so you can't get access. I mean, this is just this is really a, a, it's disgusting. What's, what's going on? Um, because somebody made a willful choice 10, 20 years ago, and now we have this mess combined with, with arsonists. Oh, by the way, Ashland got hit just a little bit, but not much. But it's a very, very liberal town. Talent, Phoenix, conservative, conservative. Medford, conservative. Uh, the towns northwest of Medford, conservative. Happy Camp here, conservative. Uh, of course, local Wairika residents where I live, they're wondering, are we next? I mean, I asked that question last year. Um, yes, people do stupid things, and they mow their lawn, start a spark, and then start a fire, things like this, carelessness. But this this, this year, it's out of control with the arsonists. And uh, I heard another story. Somebody saw an arsonist, and they shot him just enough to catch him. Oh, wow. <laughs> um Wow. This is getting this I do not understand this the level of hatred here and the complete inconsideration of others. 
So, you know, as this progresses, um, I'll be able to compile a list of arsons that went to jail. What are their associations? You can probably guess. Why? I mean, they're going to spend the rest of their lives in jail. I mean, even if they get out, you know, interview. Uh, tell me about your criminal record. Well, you know, I was attending a peaceful protest, and uh, a peaceful brick went into a building, and then a peaceful fire started out. Oh, really? So you were convicted. Was it a peaceful uh, trial? Yes, it was a peaceful trial. <laughs> was prison treat peaceful for you? <laughs> I mean, come on. I can't recall a spade a spade. So it's going to be – I did want to mention some news, and maybe I can let somebody else talk for a little bit, about the 20,000 mail-in ballots that were discarded in Pennsylvania. Watch yeah, well, actually, uh, I think yeah, – I thought I had an article. All right, I seen that or I had an article, and I was going to go yeah, – but you beat me to the punch. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I can go ahead and read this. Uh, but it's on Watch the Vote USA, Facebook. You can sign up there. We've got, I think, over a 1,000 members. Anyway, is this from Vice? I think I'm one of uh, them. More than yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you can add your friends, whatever. Okay, so Vice News, uh, more than 20,000 mail ballots were tossed out in the Pennsylvania's 2020 primaries. That's half of Trump's margin of 40,000 votes in the state. As in, his, he had a margin of, in 2016 of 40,000 votes, but the 20,000 are cast out were half of his, his, his margin compared to 2016. Okay, so let's read this by Cameron uh, Joseph just on the 15th here yesterday. Pennsylvania, this has a good analysis. Uh, it has just basically the facts, and then it has some interesting analysis at the end. So here we go. Pennsylvania officials rejected more than 20,000 mail ballots cast during his 2020 primaries, according to news, newly released numbers, a number that's almost half of President Trump's total 2016 win margin in the state four years ago. The numbers from the Pennsylvania Department of State, first reported by NBC Philadelphia, showed that fully 18,000 votes were tossed out because they didn't arrive at election offices by election day. Another 2,000 more voters had their ballots disqualified because they forgot to sign their ballot envelopes, a legal requirement, while 7,000 were marked as undeliverable by the post office. Hmm, undeliverable. The state canceled nearly 40,000 total ballots, but a good chunk of people whose mail ballots were canceled were likely able to vote anyway. Roughly 6,000 had their ballots replaced, and another 6,000 had the label canceled. Those voters likely were able to vote in person. These numbers are a major concern for voting rights activists and Democrats, especially the rejected late votes. Pennsylvania, like many other key swing states, don't count votes unless they've been delivered by the end of Election Day, but its deadline for when voters can request a ballot is late enough to be unrealistic under the best circumstances. On top of that, major slowdowns from the U.S. Postal Service means that voters could be delayed, though no fault of the voter potentially disenfranchising them. This is the first time that Pennsylvania has allowed no excuse mail voting during a presidential election. And because of the coronavirus, mm. officials are expecting a massive surge in mail voting. That means that the state is trying a brand new system of extraordinary pressure to succeed with voters that aren't accustomed to voting by mail who are more likely to make mistakes that could lead to their votes not counting. 
On top of that, President Trump's ongoing attacks against mail voting means the Democrats are far more likely to vote by mail than Republicans. So a significant number of voters are disenfranchised by problems with mail voting that could benefit Trump. That combination in a crucial swing state is a warning sign heading into November. Almost 2.2 million people voted in Pennsylvania's 2020 presidential primary. Just over one-third the 6.2 million people who voted in the state's 2016 presidential election. And the same percentage of voters' ballots, if the same percentage of voters' ballots are rejected as a primary, and November turnout is similar to four years ago, almost 50,000 ballots could be rejected for being late or for voters' technical errors, more than Trump's 2016 margin in the state. So that's the end of the article. I did notice somewhere else in my research that Pennsylvania in the primaries, an awful lot of Republicans hand-delivered their ballots or hmm. ballot drop box. So uh, it was more than – I think it was 60 percent of the Republicans in the primaries just said, hey, you know what? I'm, I don't trust the mail. So they hand-delivered it. Yeah, that's um, what so a guy I've, uh, have, uh, that I talk with sometimes do that or has suggested yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So – What's going to happen is, according to this article, and it makes sense, that if the Democrats in Pennsylvania say, hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and do uh, vote by mail because we trust it, and the Republicans being, no, <laughs> no, I know how not in this lifetime. We're going to go and hand deliver it. So they're not going to have many lost ballots by the Republicans, but potentially an awful lot of lost ballots by the Democrats, which means uh, Pennsylvania could be – in favor of Trump. However, what's going to happen is when somebody counts it up, it's going to look like Trump won Pennsylvania, but all these lost ballots, and it might have been Biden. And then you're going to have people very, very upset. Very upset. Um, then they're going to say, well, he's well, maybe they Trump's going to lose. Maybe they should have showed up at the polls and voted then. Well, this is, this is getting I, – I am getting personally nervous. About I mean, luckily I live in a small town except we got to get into the rain season, but in a small town is we're pretty safe. And there's an awful lot of people moving from the Bay Area up here, uh, double more than normal says our local agent, real estate agent. But at least in your small town you're safe. In the big cities it's not going to be pretty. We what we've seen uh, all the riots this uh, summer. Right. When the accusation comes forward. You know, just say it come down to one state, Pennsylvania, was it Trump or Biden? It was that close a race? Democrat ballots are tossed. We're going to have this, oh, Trump is not a legitimate president. It's going to be, it, 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 and we're going to see more riots, probably oh, a lot are. more intensity. Yeah, more riots and more intensity of riots because of the contested election. I get it. I, I agree. Here's the difference, though. And this is what I, I, I say. Here's my analysis on that. Because I think you're right, but Trump, but Trump's hands aren't going to be tied. He would have already won re-election. Because right now, I think that what's holding Trump back is he's got to get reelected, and the media will just well, they always tear into him. But then, of course, they'll they'll say you know martial law, and they'll talk about you know he's he's using the military against you know the American people, things of that nature. And that that just don't even with independence that doesn't sit well, and it don't sit well, with, frankly, because you know conservatives and libertarians either. Even the hint at that you know gets some people upset, unless they really dig deep and realize it's BS. But 
the media would say it enough. Unfortunately, enough people will believe it. But here's the thing. All bets are off when he gets reelected. He can actually do what needs to be done. And if these things happen, he can say, look, you know what? I'm done. I'm, I'm sending him in. Because it doesn't, at that point, it doesn't matter what the media says. Because he already won re-election. He can go ahead and be like, look, well, I'm going to send the people in, and I'm going to have law and order in, in this country. You know, you guys, you, know, you guys held me back enough, and I, and he'll, it, it'll be quelled. I think he'll do what he needs to be taken to, to quell it. Right now, I think unfortunately the election's holding him back. Well, me being libertarian, loving the Constitution, me not happy about federal troops coming into any cities without the consent. I get it. Of I'm the not. I'm, I'm, I'm not either. I'm not either. Yep. But you know, if right. it's, it's got to be done. Well, here's here's another possibility. Somebody pointed this out to me. For the corona dollars that the states are getting, they may have already authorized for the feds to come in, which could explain Portland when troops sent when Trump sent troops to say that three times real fast. When Trump sent troops <laughs> to uh, Portland, that might have been the justification because they signed on the dotted line to get the federal dollars. Which means the federal. I don't like that idea either. Because that means presidents down the road, we we cannot have an executive branch that is set up to potentially do tyranny. You know, I, I do like a lot of the things Trump has done. He's upset me a number of times. I didn't vote for him. I'm a libertarian. But when you set up the executive branch position and give the executive branch this much power, it is very concerning. What's next? Mandatory vaccines? Question, question. I'll probably turn it over to other people, see what their thoughts are. Well, again, I'll think – here's the thing. Sending the – here's the thing, uh, and, I, and this is where I, I don't think it – him, and I'm going to bring in uh, Joseph after this. I don't think him bringing the military in to, to quash these riots that, that could happen is on par with mandatory vaccines, and this is why. Because – the military coming in is only to quell those who are rioting. That's not going to encompass everyone in America. That's only going to encompass those people. Okay? It's like, look, if you become if you're law abiding and you're not out in the street rioting, then you don't have anything. You know, you don't have anything to worry about. Stay away from the stuff and and, and let them take care of it. But so that's different. Mandatory. You know. That's not going to that's not going to snowball into something that would be mandatory vaccines. I mean, for one, that that won't happen in a Trump administration because he wouldn't be he wouldn't be for it, and that's something that would affect everyone, not just a, not just a, a group of people. You know, so that's why I think there's a difference there. But let's go ahead and bring in uh, Joseph. Uh, thank you very much, Joseph, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? While we're waiting for Joseph here, I want to throw a thought. Okay, so we have a strong federal government, way too strong, way too big, federal troops in cities. Do you, do you remember back when Clinton ordered the sheriffs and the local police to go confiscate guns, and then two brave men stepped forward, Mr. Prince and Mr. Sheriff Mack, Sheriff Prince and Sheriff Mack? And that's when the Supreme Court said, no, the federal government cannot reach into – States like this without the consent of the state. But Clinton tried gun confiscation. I met Sheriff Mack, introduced him at a rally once. 
He stood up for the Constitution. Um, so what what is the limit of the federal government power? It's just – I mean we, we always say things like – and I've heard this before. Well, we're not going to do that, and I reminded the county supervisors here. I said, look, I know you may not, but what about your replacement? You put this law on the books, the county ordinance. You, you're telling me we're not going to do it, but when the people replace well, you in five, ten years, they can do it because you set it up. Well, 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 let, me t- well let me tell you this. Okay, if you know, if there's people in the street burning and looting and destroying things, you know, then and and if the local government isn't going to stop them, what recourse is there? Do you, do you think it'd be better if you know the, the militias? Who knows? Maybe if the states have their own, not a state militia. Let's say there's militia groups inside. I mean, are those the ones? That, are those the ones we turn to? I guess. Uh, hopefully, yeah. We dropped up. Man, I'm getting a text. Maybe that's Joseph there. Um, yeah, he's having. Okay, he said he'll call back. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, what I'm stating is that, you know, if if you have all these riots as you think might what might happen, I'm not giving. Mean, there's a lot of people who think that might happen if, if Trump gets elected. But with Rush, actually, what Rush Limbaugh said today, the consequences of him not getting elected are far worse. But let's say you know Trump gets elected and we have all these riots, and the state governments aren't aren't there to protect their people. Would it be the whose responsibility would it be then? Would it be the people who you know in their neighborhoods who you know have guns? Should they go out and start shooting rioters? Should they start going out and shooting looters? If a state has, you know, a militia in there, that's not a state-run militia. Just say it's a militia group. Should they get together and start firing on the looters and firing on or trying to arrest the and detaining the, the looters and the rioters? Who's going to do it? If it's not going to be the federal government, then let's have, which is fine. Hey, someone's got to do it. And if it's not the federal government, I'm just saying someone's going to have to do it. Whether we're going to have to do it, but frankly. I don't know if there's going to be enough armed citizens or trained armed citizens that would be able to handle it. Who would be? I mean, who would be better trained? Maybe the, maybe the militias would do it, but who's to guarantee that they would actually do that? Who's to guarantee that the you know the the, the residents, the citizens who are armed, are, are going to stand up and doing it? They they might sit inside their homes and guard their homes like those two people did, you know. Maybe there'll be maybe you'll see a hell of a lot more of that happen, but I mean, who's, I mean, if you got all these people, people worried about things being much worse, and the states aren't willing to do it, especially in Democrat states, then who do you turn to? Well, what's going to happen is people. I mean, yes, when there is a void, somebody's going to try to fill it, and people are going to start moving. I got friends moving up to Idaho. Talked to one last week. He said he was done with California. I mean, people are moving into small towns now. It's time to invest in real estate. Um, the, uh, but, the but what about the people who don't? Who, what about the people who do not have the resources to move? What about the people who can't well, uproot where uh, they live? I know. No. Well, but the, what, what kind of position? Let's suppose you live in Portland, okay? And it's expensive housing, and your house might be, you know, two thousand square foot worth six hundred thousand. Okay, I'm just picking a number here. Nice neighborhood. Six hundred thousand. What's it going to be worth 
after people have left the city and are, are doing a mass exodus. What are you going to do? It's like, oh my gosh, I can't sell my house. I'm going to be upside down if I sell it. I'm only going to get 300000 out of it. And I got a mortgage that's 400000 now. Gee, time to think about who you're voting for. Businesses going under. I mean, I, I just scratching my head how the Dems are going to get elected when some of these jokers have, have stated things like, well, you know, some uh, protests, violent protests are necessary here and there. Like, dude, you know, Biden finally came out against this stuff. Finally. Yeah, they've seen it affect like, him in the polls. <laughs> well, I don't believe the polls, but anyway, right. I don't there is going to be until new people take office in January, and I mean your city council, your sheriff, um, your state house legislatures, everything. Okay, if we have an honest election, we're going to see a huge change because this is coming down to personal safety, particularly on the West Coast. You know, it's coming down to personal finance. It's like it's coming down to so many factors. Like I'm not, I no, I don't know one Republican that's going to vote Democrat. I know many Democrats who are now going to vote Republican. They're sick of it. But we're going to have a tough time from here until January until decent people that love the rule of law and the rules of order get into office. It's going to be a tough many months. Um, oh, it's it, 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 it certainly will. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it'll happen day. You know, it'll happen day one. Uh, you know, yeah. the day after. You know, they they say we project Donald Trump. You know, as as president, or it's going to come down to which I hate to say this. I'm glad I'm off that week from work. Is I could say you know by the end of the night it'll be four thirty in the morning and they'll be like, we just don't know. We just can't project who who won the presidency. I I unfortunately I think that might be more likely. Uh, now, the only way I think to curtail that or to keep that from happening is to, you know, have a you know overwhelming amount of people vote for Trump, you know, in person, or, or at least had their, you know, as you said, a lot of people hand, you know, handing in physically handing in their ballots. Oh yeah, well, well yeah, there's going to be a lot of people doing that. Other people are going to trust the mail-in system. And well, yeah, you back to the question about people that can't move and they have to defend their homes. Well, they're going to move to a state where they can do this because the McCloskeys, you know, Mark, Mark and Patricia McCloskey, mm-hmm. who um, defended their home because these people trespassed and broke down the gate and all that stuff. Well, the the district attorney, who um, is highly Democrat in that town, she might get reelected, but she issued a warrant to grab their guns and. They began to press charges. The Missouri State Attorney General stepped in and said, "You are dismissing these charges, and you are giving their gu- their their their, um, their guns back." Because Missouri has a long history of the right to defend your life and property. But what are they going to do? Because they look rich. They bought a house that nobody ever wanted, and they spent years fixing it up. Beautiful house, but. So, so California's like, you know what? Hearing the story about the McCloskeys, I'm going to move to Missouri. I'm going to move to Texas. Like, my sister lived in Austin. They were shitting like, oh gosh, what was it? 120 people a week were moving into Austin. And a lot of them were Californians because they're like, I'm tired of this. So, you're going to see blue states getting more blue and having economic desperate times. I mean, if they want to believe in, in, in these kinds of things, it's brought us here, and it's going to get us even worse. People that can move will. People that 
can't are going to have to defend themselves. I mean, I dread um, uh, living in Lake, was it Lake, Lake Park, uh, Land Park, Land Park, Sacramento, which is really wealthy, but it's next to Oak Park, which is teeny tiny lots, and it's basically uh, very low income and very frightening. What do these people do? It, it's a mess. So do you bring in the National Guard? You're going to have to to restore order. The state National Guard. Otherwise, the militia. There's FBI did this report years ago. There's over 500 militia groups across the country. I call these people to roll your own, roll your own, take things into your own hands. The militia was orderly. It was public when they had the militia from the state regulations on militia. They turned it into the National Guard in 1906. But people are going to do this, and there's a lot of people going to get killed. If we have a chaotic election and more fires, it's. I mean, I'm here when we had a justice for a rally, justice for George Floyd rally here in our park. The local police were more worried about the rednecks than they were the, the protesters. You know, it, it was kind of cute, and it was a very peaceful, really nice. Um, I went, shook some hands, you know. A pastor spoke. It was very peaceful. It's a small town. But the police were more worried about the rednecks. And the rednecks would call them, hey, you know, we've got to support, you know, we'll stand right behind you or with you or whatever. Like, no, we got this. We got this. We got this. <laughs> and I get that attitude around here. You know, guns, shotguns, whatever, man. And during a rally, I'm going to, you know, I knew a bunch of uh, local rednecks, you know, nice, wonderful people. You know, farmers, ranchers, um, machinists, and I'm pretty much 99% sure that in their trucks, they were standing and watching, but in their trucks, they had guns loaded and ready to go. Well, I'm sure um, they did. Yeah, and it, it, if something happened, law enforcement can't, gets overwhelmed, which did not happen because we turned away two buses of protesters that showed up. The cops met them and said, get out of here. You're not from here. Get out of here. They turned away two buses of protesters. Oh, and by the way, somebody else had a pile of bricks. And still sitting there, what, three months, four months after the uh, – had a pile of bricks in their driveway. Really, what was that for? Some out-of-towners on the house. Yeah, that's a little concerning. But in your small town, man, that's, they, that's, you're pretty safe. Um, if we have a nice, clean 60-40, either way – you know, 60 Biden, 40 Trump, okay, America will probably accept it. We won't see much problems. Or 60 Trump, 40 Biden, you know. But if we have a 51, if we have a 51, 49, either way, there's going to be chaos. And it's not going to be pretty. That's one of the reasons why we should all be involved in election integrity and watch what happens and learn and how vulnerable our system is, but that's a whole other story. So anyway, I just – if you can, move to a small town. <laughs> well, that's the thing. A lot of people can't. I mean they pretty much have to. They can't move to a state like you know, maybe Missouri or something of that nature. Uh, but I'm going to bring us to the, uh, the next section. But first, before I do that, uh, let's go ahead and uh, bring David back in. Uh, David, if you want to make any you know, comments or, or, or additions uh, to what Kelly had to say. 
You know, this goes back to what I said earlier about the destruction of our uh, in of our republic. People need to accept the results. You know, I had friends in on Hawaii. They they flew to Washington to go protest Trump's inauguration, and I asked them, "Why are you doing this?" Wow. And they said, "That man's a crook." I'm like, "But he won fair and square." He was duly elected by the uh, by the people. The Electoral College uh, voted him in. He is the president. Biden was a vote on it too, by the way. I even said that your vice president, you know, who presides over the Senate, he voted. He said, "Yes, he's the president. He's the new duly elected president." And there's nothing you can do about it. Why are you protesting? Why don't you give him a shot? And it's because, like I said, uh, it's. About the failure of the parents These kids today are these people They never heard no So when they didn't get their way They're crying and they're throwing tantrums And fits So who cares You know, Trump, If Trump win, or when Trump does win if I'm not going to say if But when he does win If we have another ride so be it The, the president does have the authorities He has the executive He, has executive, um, he can give an executive order to bring in federal troops, but they cannot stay there permanently. You know, he is the commander in chief, and as you know, someone who in the in the government being a necessary evil, he has to provide protection. Because if the city and the states can't do it, the final the final say so would be federal. Now, granted, we've done it a few times. Uh, last time the Insurrection Act was declared was in 1992 by uh, um, the Bush administration, Herbert Walker, and guess what? The rights were quelled. Because um, I met some Marines. They said, yeah, when they when they deployed the Marines, man, I won't say I'm trying to use the word, but it went down and everything went back to normal quickly. And because it is an election season, you know, Trump's waiting. He's waiting for the reelection. And once he's reelected, boom, he'll send in the federal troops. We have to restore order. That's what I think. That's what I think. Exactly. He just waits. That, there's no, yeah, exactly. There's nothing unconstitutional about sending federal troops in. Now, if you know if there if he's doing it for arbitrary reasons, absolutely, I'd be scared. You know, I'd be scared. Pardon language, shitless about that. But we have to draw that fine line of the necessary evil, which is our government as a protection. Remember, it's a protector, not a, a proprietor, and that's our main job with uh, the government, or that's the main job of the government. So I wouldn't fear that one iota. And even if there was a new president, there is precedence to make sure that the president doesn't abuse uh, such power. So you know, once he gets reelected, okay, we might see we might see a little uprising, but I really believe you know Trump will see. I don't have to worry about reelection because I'm not going to get reelected. This is my last term. Now I'm really going to lay the hammer down, and we'll see we'll see uh, law and order come back once more. You know, because and, and that's the difference. And that's the difference, real quick, Dave. While I'm thinking about it, Russell, uh, is that and that's the difference between Obama and Trump. Is that remember when Obama told Megalovet that he would have more flexibility after the election when he's talking about negotiating a missile shield? You know when they're talking about I think it was with um, uh, a, a missile shield in in Poland. I think they're talking about and he leans over sure. and says I'll have more flexibility you know after the election. So he's got more flexibility caring about and that's what I find out so ironic. About this whole Russia thing, right? Mm-hmm. Is that he says this to Megalodev, and using, oh, when I get elected, I can help you out. Basically, when I get reelected, I can help you, the Russians out, you know, once after my election. When, when, but with Trump, 
it's when he lay up the election. He and this talks more about the American the American so called media than anything else. Is Trump basically is like, look, I'll be able to take care of the American people better after the election, so that my you know, me taking care of the American people isn't twisted by, by you know, the mass media. And that's basically what it is. So when I say that it's actually the alphabet media, which is the enemy of the state, the enemy of the people, I mean it. <laughs> they are the enemy Absolutely. of the people. They're the ones who, who twist everything to try to get the people to hate their own president who, just, who wants nothing but to, to help the citizens of these United States. Absolutely, you know it's it, it's just but it's it's just it's refreshing you know, that we have a president who loves this country and he loves his people. You know we haven't had that since you know like you know Reagan, JFK, you know Eisenhower. You know those are presidents. You know they loved their country, they loved their people, and they're willing to bend. They're willing to you know do whatever it takes to help them. And the establishment grew. And it grew and grew and grew, and here comes Trump the disruptor. You know, there's a there's a meme out there that really, you know, that solidified my, you know, my decision why I was uh, gonna vote for Trump in 2016 is because it says I'm not for sale, and part of my language it says, and that scares the shit out of Washington, and it's true. Every, oh yeah. Every president for sale. Yeah. Every president's been for sale. Now. I think about the old Obama thing because remember he just got, they just got busted Mueller and everybody in the Obama DOJ. For working with for for um for spying on the Trump campaign and maybe they threw in Russia you know to uh, gather in the mix because a lot of people don't understand that Russia itself grows twenty five percent per year in business. Uh, I've dealt with uh, business people and they said, man, Russia is the new the new New York. It's twenty five. It's growing twenty five percent a year. Everyone is invested in Russia, and you dare not get in their way either. So I always, I, I always wonder why a Russia of all people would want to help Trump when he's all about America. That's part of the establishment, yeah. you know, the crony. Yeah. So that's just my two cents. That's just my two cents on that. And what Obama said, you know, what Obama said about the flexibility, we don't know if he was doing a crooked deal. I wouldn't pass him either. We don't know if he was doing a crooked deal to make his millions. I mean, because he's obviously like what signed sixty million with Netflix. Well, much uh, the former first lady signed, I forgot, hundred million, I believe. They're on their way to become filthy rich, and that's the only reason. Well, why yeah, they well, not, yeah, I didn't mean that he did. He was trying to get in. Trump was trying to get monetary, not Trump. Obama was trying to have flexibility to get, make some type of money off Russia. I'm saying I mean, when he was talking about negotiating about a missile shield, and mm-hmm. but it's something Russia wanted not to happen. You know, Obama was basically like, well, you know, we really can't do, say much about it now. We're in an election, and I can't tell the American people that, hey, I'm negotiating with Russia not to have a missile shield in, in Poland, uh, but mm-hmm. we can we can have those type of talks after the election because at that point it's not going to matter. Just like you know, my point with at the election, it's not going to matter if he brings people in because the there's nothing they can do to try to keep him from being reelected. But if you had right. people being like, Oh crap! He's working with Russia. <laughs> you know that. You know. Yeah. And, and remember, thing... it was Obama who said the you know the eighties want their Cold War back. When and I'm not a Romney fan by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but when he he was debating with Romney and Romney was saying, "Hey, look, Russia's a threat, the biggest threat." Even though I disagree with that, but um, he was like, "Oh well, the eighties want their Cold War back." 
Yeah, I remember. I, I remember that uh, very thoroughly. Hey, uh, I wanted to throw something out about uh, setting up the executive branch for so much power. When Katrina happened in 2005, August of 2005, George Bush Jr. was the president, and uh, the National Guard got sent in. Then they started grabbing guns, confiscating guns. You wonder why I went libertarian before his second term. All right. Anyway, the governor of Louisiana basically said, hey, uh, knock it off. Get your troops out of here. We got our own National Guard because the locals were calling the governor, hey, 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 we don't like this. So that was a nice precedent, if you will, where a state stood up and said, okay, you get your federal troops out of here. Um, so it's going to be an interesting ride from here till January, and we're just going to see what happens. Um, it, yeah, I just, I just hope, uh, well, I'm just glad I'm in a small town and I would not want to be in a big city like say, uh, Denver or Tallahassee, but, uh, oh. small towns are good. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, and, and then you know, I mean, I'm not too worried. I mean, I live in a township where you know, I, I still, I have a Trump sign in my yard. No one's messed with it, you know. And there's, there's actually a decent amount of Trump signs. I've, I've seen one Biden sign so far, um, in, in my area. But we're, we're, rel- we're generally a pretty conservative area where I'm at. Now, outside of that, the surrounding areas, there, there's not. So I don't know if I, I, you know, if they got many Biden signs. Um, I know in Indiana, when I've gone to Indiana, the, the there's no doubt Indiana's going for Trump. I mean, that's no really surprise, to be honest. But, but anyway, let's go ahead and bring in our second topic, which is something you may or may not have heard of. But again, this article I'm gleaning from the Bard's Logic uh, website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And uh, you can get the articles and you know videos and audio from here. Uh, this one is Biden's Cancer Charity caught funneling millions to executives. So it was 65% of the Biden Cancer Initiative's money went into staffers' pockets. Now, this was a, a report back uh, in June, and so I don't know why it's just making us now, uh, but back in June, but I, I haven't heard anything about it. I mean, again, you guys may have heard more than I have, but it says, Joe Biden's cancer charity has been funneling millions of dollars into the pockets of its executives while doing very little to fight the deadly disease, according to reports. Since its founding in 2017, uh, financial records have revealed that almost two-thirds of the money spent by 2017. Hmm. I do find that interesting that it was founded in 2017. I wonder who these executives are and how and what type of uh, – and what type of donations they may have made to the Biden campaign. <laughs> but anyway, that'd be interesting to find out. So since its founding in 2017, financial records have revealed that almost two-thirds of the money spent by Biden's cancer initiative went towards six-figure salaries for top executives and staff, quote, compensation. The figure dwarfs the amount that the nonprofit group spent on efforts to eradicate cancer. The, can- the Biden Cancer Initiative, BCI, is one of several nonprofits former vice presidential created following his tenure in the White House. Seemingly no claims. They missed an I in this article. Anyway, see, I should be a proofreader for articles. <laughs> uh, it says, uh, however, BCI paid top 
executives lavishly, with salaries accounting for nearly 65% of the organization's total expenditures. Uh, this salary, <clears throat> excuse me, this salary budget far exceeds the 25% spent on the administrative overhead and fundraising costs combined that charity watchdogs recommend for nonprofits. Since the nonprofit raised and spent $4.8 million over its two years in operation in 2000 and 2018, tax forms show, according to Washington Free Beacon, slightly more than $3 million of that amount went to salaries, compensation, and benefits. At the same time, the group spent just $1.7 million on all its other expenses. A bulk of this cash, $740,000, was poured into conferences, conventions, and meetings. It did not cut a single grant, interesting, it did not cut a single grant to any other group or foundation during its two-year run. An analysis of nonprofits by Charity Navigator which rates charities for effectiveness, found that mid to large sized nonprofits pay their chief executives on average $126,000 per year. Far less uh, initiatives paid its president, Greg Simon. Simon pocketed $224,539 in 2017 and $429,850 in 2018. Charity Navigators primary criterion for rating charities is whether they, quote, spent at least 75% of their expenses directly on their programs. The Biden Cancer Group's financial disclosures may raise new questions about whether the presumptive Democrat, this is back in June, so it says, whether the presumptive Democrat nominee allowed associates to profit off their access to him before going on to receive six-figure salaries from the Biden Cancer Initiative Simon and the initiative's vice president, Danielle Carnival, previously worked for the Obama administration's cancer moonshot program. Uh, Biden's son, Hunter Biden, received $50,000 a month to sit on the board of a Ukrainian energy company, Burisma, despite a lack of qualifications. Joe, uh, James Biden, Joe Biden's brother, joined a construction firm in 2010 that later won a $1.5 billion contract to build homes in Iraq while Biden oversaw Iraq policy. Biden's presidential campaign has been plagued with questions about hunters and James' financial activities. Simon was the only one of several highly paid Biden cancerous of executives. Carnival was also compensated handsomely. Remember, she was the vice president, collecting $391,897 in 2017 and 2018. Simon and Carnival were the only two individuals paid both years by the nonprofit. During its second year in operation, the initiative added others to its payroll, including Director of Communications Cecilia Aradaza, who was paid $171,012. Director of Engagement Lisa Sims Booth, 197. Man, I need to get on with one of these things. $197,544. And Director of Science Policy, Catherine Young, $170,904. Biden stepped away from the initiative and its other nonprofits shortly before entering the presidential race to avoid conflicts of interest. Many of the health companies that Biden touted during his time with the nonprofit have financial regulatory interests with the federal government. 
Simon told the Associated Press in 2019 that many of the group's attempted partnerships with medical organizations were not successful. Quote. The Binding Cancer Initiative was launched to continue the agenda of the Cancer Moonshot Program, which President Obama created toward the end of his second term in hopes of accelerating research in the field. Biden, whose son Bo died from the disease, led the program with Simon's health. The nonprofit operated primarily through indirect money pledges from 57 partnerships, which include drug and health insurance companies. The group also pushed for data sharing, patient support, and other medical initiatives. Uh, the Biden comment did not respond to requests for comment. Hmm, of course they didn't. <laughs> Since uh, Simon did not respond to inquiries on the Biden Cancer Initiative's finances and what the group had ultimately achieved before ceasing its operations. So this isn't even in, uh, an operation anymore. So, interesting. So, and I wonder where a lot of that money went to. Oh, we just lost Kelly's call as well. So we're going to leave it over to, uh, to you, Dave. Oh. He says, I got phone data. I don't know what that means. Oh, I got a phone date. Okay, phone data, whatever. Um, go ahead, David. Uh, it brings me back to that quote uh, by uh, FDR, surprisingly. He says, uh, you can't get rich in politics unless you're crooked. And, you know, proof in the pudding with the Bidens, the Obamas, the Clintons. And it's, you know, and I know. I'm not trying to print on Democrats, but usually when the Democrat takes power, this is how they become filthy, disgustingly rich. Uh, the last president that I can think of who did something very honorably you know, for health and fitness was JFK, presidential fitness test that schools still do to this day. Though I think – I haven't been to school in over 20 years, so I don't know if they still do it. But why does this not surprise me? And then he wants to say that Trump's an immoral man, or we say that – yet. He's never been involved in a scandal like that, and what utterly disgusts me is that when uh, Biden's son uh, – his, his son who served honorably in the army, by the way, died of brain cancer. You know, I felt bad for, for, uh, for Vice President Biden at that time to make his son, and I was actually going to go down there and help build that – protect that wall because the uh, Jones uh, – that church, they were going to protest his son. And I was like, no, you don't do that. That guy's a war. That guy's a hero. He served his country with honor and distinction. But obviously, I guess, you know, he was the good seed. And now they're all the bad seed. You know, his son got with his wife after he after he died of an inoperable brain tumor and then got a, a stripper pregnant. And then his brother's just as crooked sitting on these boards. And saying it was a son. He's sitting on a board. He has no qualifications. You know, obviously Joe Biden got into office to make money, and he's done it. He's made a lot of money. He's on tape saying, you know, hold it, you know, a pay for play right there. He says, "Oh, we're just not going to give you the money." Like, oh my God, did he just actually say that? So why is no one surprised that Joe Biden did that? Starting an organization that's no longer there, but everybody made out like bandits, and the people who have cancer or have any other disease, they get left in the cold. So honestly, like I'm just going to read, uh, read it. Why does it not surprise anybody? And it was only in existence for two years. I mean, I know you know businesses or maybe even charities, you know, come and go. But it's amazing how much money these people made. <laughs> it's like, and it failed. It failed. It was it was there for two years, 2017 to 2018. 
So, you know, yeah, it's a very prosperous yeah, time, by the way. And more and more of these things, you know, have to come out. But here's the sad thing. I mean, and, and, and it will. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a little bit more talk with it. But and, and I've always said it's not, you know, beware of the politicians who got rich while they were in office, not who were rich before they got it. You know. Absolutely. That's, I, I more. You know, yeah. No, I could agree more. Maxine Waters, she made her millions by being in office. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, inside trading for the the market crashed. Her husband said on the board, right. I believe, was it Mass was Visa? Yeah, they got rich. And then they're saying, oh, you know, we have to look at this tax record. Go ahead and look in President Trump's tax records. What? He made money oh, before not- he made business. Yeah. So yeah, what? I mean, what more? Yeah, exactly. What, what, what are you going to find? Go ahead. He's just stalling you because he's using one of his tactics. But the, I would say, I would say, okay, the people who have made money, including AOC, I guess she's worth a million now because she's doing all these deals. Let's look into your tax records. Let's look into let's look into your closet. How are you making all this money? And you're and you're on a salary of one hundred sixty-seven thousand. The president's four hundred thousand. I forgot what the VP was. I think it was three hundred thousand or two eight two fifty or something like that. I, I don't know, but two eighty-five or something. I don't, I don't know. 285, just like, let's look into your closet. How are you get? How are you, are you worth millions? I want to know that. So now uh, Biden, he's the establishment, and he's a dying, he's a dying breed of the establishment because he can't even remember where he is. But that's that's certain, and that's you know again, you know where where you're going to get the the, the Harris Biden. I mean, anyone who thinks, I mean, that's why I can't wait for the debates again if, if they do end up happening. Um, now it's, it's only literally a couple of weeks away, uh, so and what well, I'm on vacation that week, luckily. So I'm actually thinking about I'm, I'm debating whether I'm, I'm definitely going to record the debate, and when I'm depending on what night it's on, it's on the 29th, and so that's 13 days away. So that's actually on a it's actually on a Tuesday, so that might be good timing where I might just uh, you know record it and then play it in its entirety uh, on the show. That Wednesday, and then you know we can you know we can kind of have our analysis and commentary on it. That's probably what I'll end up doing. Actually, now that I think about it, I just play the first hour and a half of the show of the uh, of the debate, and then have uh, and, and and then speaking of the debate, why do they always pick Chris Wallace? You know, to be the to be the debate moderator. I mean, seriously, why don't they have a, have someone else other than him? I mean, I'd rather see, you know, the, well, who's the, um, I'd rather, oh, gosh, I'm having a brain freeze of what his name Joe is. Rogan. Um, Joe Rogan. Who? Joe Rogan. You want to do a four-hour debate with Trump and uh, oh, Biden? Oh, well, there's no way a four-hour debate's going to happen. But uh, Biden wouldn't be able to, be, Biden would be able to, I mean, I, I'll be surprised to see him make an hour and a half, uh, make it a, a, an hour and a half. No, I'm thinking there's somebody at Fox News who I think um, uh, would be better, and uh, Bill Hammer. Yeah. And won't they let Bill Hammer be a uh, a moderator at the debates? I think he'd make a much better a moderator than Chris Wallace would be. I mean, because here's the thing. I know what Fox News is going to try to say. is like, oh, well, you know, we're trying to find somebody who doesn't show to be – you know, very conservative. If we have someone who's going to be, you know, very conservative, it seems like 
another, uh, you know, Trump supporter, then we don't think it's going to be fair. It's like, are you kidding me? Look at the yahoos that they're going to have for the other two debates that are going to be done by the liberal channels. Are you kidding me? Exactly. You know, it, you know, it's just unbelievable how, you know, what how uh, how that's been allowed to work that way as long as it has. Yeah, it's just amazing how the conservatives let you. The, the conservatives let them do it, and I don't understand. I don't understand why they do it. Because the public, you know, this is like Trump is so popular. Because he gave Republican balls, he gave he didn't regulate. He gave yeah. them their balls, and you know, and they have to realize, and they're just so used for thirty nine years. They're just so used to. Or no, I'm sorry, since yeah, uh, thirty thirty odd Gingers, years. You know, the, the, the Republicans didn't have any balls, you're right? No, yeah, New Gingers had balls. Let's <laughs> all say that he put killing, he put Clinton in his place quickly. But uh, what I'm saying is, it's just that no Republicans always give up the high ground no matter what. Reagan did it, but Reagan did it too. He gave him he gave him uh, amnesty. Republicans constantly mm-hmm. give, yeah, and and Democrats know that. But with Trump, it's not. He's like, no, I'm like, what are you talking about? Chris Wallace, I, I'm up in the air on that one. Uh, you know, case in point, even though it was a Fox News debate, uh, Megyn Kelly, the first thing she went after Trump was, you know, you've called women pigs, fat slob, dogs, and Trump just threw back. Only Rosie O'Donnell. I was like, oh my God, this guy's a genius. He threw it right back at her. <laughs> no, because what it's, it's funny is just because they try to make a name for themselves. Candy Crowley, when the first debate with Romney and Obama, Romney wiped the floor with him. It was even Bill Maher said, I think that little boy needs his teleprompter backed. Holy crap. <laughs> and then they brought in Candy wow. Crowley. They brought in a woman, you know, so and so, and she just protected Obama. And Romney didn't have the balls to say, "Knock it off, you're the moderator, you're not his protector." And right there, he could have threw it back and said, "Do you, do you not see the president? He now needs a moderator to protect him from me." Could you imagine if ISIS comes after us? What he would use? What's he going to use? The vice president? What's he going to use? Speaker of the? Uh, he's going to? Is he going to use his wife? I mean, what? What's he going to do? Right there, he could emasculate him. Like, holy crap, he's right about that. But no, Republicans always, you know, they always have to be the gentleman. They always say, oh, we'll just mm-hmm. pray for you. I'm sorry, praying does. Okay, pr- okay, praying is a great thing. Okay, but praying's not going to work if someone's pounding your skull in. Same thing with the Turning Point USA. I'm not trying to. I'm going. I'm trying not to go on a rant here. They're getting punched in the face over and over again. It's like, dude, fight back. What are you doing? Fight back. So, no, Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace, or just Republicans in general, I think they should have got a more conservative person. Oh, they should. It's because they have nothing. I mean, they have nothing to defend. I mean, especially it's like, look, you guys are obvious. I mean, didn't, didn't Rachel Maddow even be a moderator at a debate one, at one point? Uh, yeah. And I'll be honest but, yeah, I mean, it, Rachel Maddow, for God's sake, I, I, at a presidential debate, are you serious? I mean, can you, you can't get much more liberal than her. I mean, I mean she's not just a liberal. She's a, she's a liberal whack job. She, she, seriously, I don't see how anyone can take her seriously. No, <laughs> I never took her serious. I mean, she used the Romney thing about the dog or something. It was like 70-something times. They talked about the bridge with uh, Chris Christie. God knows how many times. That's all they talked oh, about. Oh, Bridgegate, yeah. 
Okay, and then for five years straight, she's just been on Trump. She thought she had a golden goose, man, when uh, she had Trump's tax records. She was like, tonight I have something so breaking. And she had, uh, she had I guess she had the highest rating. Yeah, but it turned out it was a flop. It was just like, oh, man, you just got heraldoed, man. <laughs> Your career's over. And then from there, it's just been going down and down. But no, we definitely uh, conservatives. They should have fought back. And said no, we want a stronger moderator. We want a conservative moderator this time, because they will be fair. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. Yeah, because they've already picked, they've already picked the Yahoo. You know what I mean? Who are the for the yeah, second I mean, and the third debate? I don't think they can. I, could change, I don't think they can change it. Who do they have That's for the second point. and third? I know Chris Wallace is the first, but who is the second and third? I don't know. I don't know anything about those yet, to be honest. I mean, I don't think – I think there's one's going to be CNN, of course, and then I don't know what the other one's going to be. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, and here – I mean, do you want a little blast from the past? I do have an audio clip about Maddow on Trump's tax return. Yeah, we can do that. I remember that. She had it. It was just a lot. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, let me, yeah let's do a little blast. From, it's about 11 minutes. Let's do, let's do, I'll, I'll mute her mic. Let's have some fun. It's a little blast from the past. What I have here uh, is a copy of Donald Trump's tax returns. We have his federal tax return for one year, for 2005. I believe this is the only set of the president's federal taxes that reporters have ever gotten a hold of. Uh, What we have are these two pages, front and back, from the same 1040 form that you might have filled out when you file your taxes. Um, And in terms of what's on here, let me give you the basics. Um, Aside from the numbers being large, uh, these pages are straightforward. He paid uh, $38 million, looks like $38 million in taxes. Uh, he took a big write-down of $103 million. More on that later. Uh, if you add up the lines for income, he made more than $150 million in that year. Mazel tov. Uh, we got these pages. We got this document today from a Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative journalist who's better on financial matters than almost anybody else in the business. His name is David K. Johnston. Uh, These pages turned up the other day in his mailbox. David will join us live here in just a moment. Um, But because nobody has had the president's taxes before, we didn't know what to expect. Um, When we showed this 2005 return to the White House to ask them if it's real, uh, we sent this over to the White House tonight, and the White House responded basically with, yep, Uh, I'm going to read you the, the White House statement on this tonight. Quote, before being elected president, Mr. Trump was one of the most successful businessmen in the world, with the responsibility to his company, his family, and his employees to pay no more tax than legally required. That being said, Mr. Trump paid $38 million, even after taking into account large-scale depreciation for construction on an income of more than $150 million, as well as paying tens of millions of dollars in other taxes, such as sales and excise taxes and employment taxes. And this illegally published return proves just that. Despite the substantial income figure and tax paid, it is totally illegal to steal and publish tax returns. The dishonest media can continue to make this part of their agenda while the president will focus on his, which includes tax reform that will benefit all Americans. White House statement for tonight. For the record, the First Amendment gives us the right to publish this return. It is not illegally published. Nor are we fake. Pinch me. I'm real. But good on the White House. Uh, for acknowledging the return um, as proof of what the president made and paid that year. Uh, Here's the thing, though. A full tax return for someone like Donald Trump 
would be a lot longer than the two pages that we have here. There are all kinds of schedules and notes and attachments that could be involved, all containing information about the president and his money. Why will he not release his taxes, his full taxes, the way other presidents have done? Why not let the public see the information for themselves? We have obtained this, but this is all we've got. This tells us something, but he still has disclosed, uh, firmly willingly disclosed, nothing compared to all other modern presidents. Joining us now is David K. Johnston. He's editor and founder of DCReport.org, which has posted this document as of a few minutes ago. He's also the author of The Making of Donald Trump and the Pulitzer Prize-winning financial reporter uh, who found the president's 2005 tax returns in his mailbox. David, thank you for being here. Delighted. Um, first of all, congratulations on this, this scoop. What can you tell us about how how you got these pages, how you got this document. Same in the mail over the transom. And there is absolutely nothing improper about journalists, if you haven't solicited something, uh, getting it over the transom. And by the way, let me point out, it's entirely possible that Donald sent this to me. Donald Trump has, over the years, leaked all sorts of things. The uh, very sleazy girl-on-girl pictures of the First Lady in the New York Post may have come from Donald. The uh, front pages of the state tax returns that we had uh, that were sent to the New York Times and the New York Daily News last fall may have come from Donald. Donald has a long history of leaking material about himself when he thinks it's in his interests. Um, do you believe, do we have reason to believe that those documents that you just described there were leaked by him, or is it just a possibility? It, it's a possibility, and it, it could have been leaked by someone in his direction. Mm -hmm. But with Donald, you know, you never know. Donald creates his own reality, and uh, he, he says things that aren't true. He says things and then denies he said them. He lives in this world that isn't the world of you and, where you and I live of verifiable facts. So, yes, I think I have to include that in the list of possibilities of where it came from. Mm -hmm. When you look at this document, when you look at these, uh, these numbers, obviously we don't have the supporting uh, schedules and sort of appendices right. that you get in, in big tax returns. Um, do these numbers seem right to you? Obviously the White House statement to us is, is reiterating the $150 million income number and the $38 million paid number. Those, all those numbers seem right to you? Yes, and, and uh, they fit the things we know from other public records about how Donald does business. For example, the dividends that he gets are primarily not what are called qualified dividends that suggest they come from not big companies like ExxonMobil, but uh, privately held enterprises. Uh, they show almost no tax-exempt interest, about $49,000. That would imply at the time maybe $900,000 of municipal bonds. Not much. I mean, there are lots of college professors out there my age who have $900,000 in municipal bonds. Um, what's most important about this tax return, though, Rachel, is that under the regular tax system, remember we have two tax systems, well-to-do people, you and I, file effectively calculate our tax twice, the regular tax system and the alternative minimum tax. If we didn't have the alternative minimum tax and Donald Trump in writing wants to end the alternative minimum tax, he would have paid taxes at a lower rate than the bottom half of taxpayers, the poor in this country who make less than $33,000. Now think about that, on $153 million almost of income, he would have paid a little over $5 million, less than 3.5%, less than the half of taxpayers who make under $33,000. As it is, because of the alternative minimum tax, he paid $36.5 million, not the 38 the White House statement says. They're counting his self-employment tax, which is uh, payroll taxes. Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, $36.5 million, he paid 24%. You know who pays 24% in this country? Married couples with two incomes, like my wife and I, who make about $400,000 a year. Donald Trump and his wife that year made $418,000 a day. And the point of this is the top in this country, people at the top, are not burdened the way we suggest. I was in... Uh, let me let me stop let me stop yeah. you and let me restate some of that back to you because sure. you're a tax expert and those of us who just pay taxes and aren't experts in them I want to say it back to you and you tell me if I'm getting it right. If there weren't something called the alternative minimum tax, you can tell from these from this 1040 from these two pages from his tax return in 2005, if there weren't an alternative minimum tax, he'd be paying what percent? It's right on line 44. He would have paid $5.3 million, which is 24% of his $152.7 million of positive income. Um, and that's in large part because he was able to say he had negative income of $103 million. Okay. So because he paid, because there is an alternative minimum tax. They disregarded most of the negative income. Yeah. He had to pay taxes, he had to pay more in taxes, but he still got a benefit. You know why? Because at the top, people are supposed to be paying 35% that year, 39.6% this year. Ah. But if you're in the alternative minimum tax, you only pay 28%. Okay. That's a 20% discount on your taxes. Would you like to get a 20% discount on your taxes? That's what Donald Trump got here. So the issue that, I mean, I, I tried to lay out at the top of the show reasons why people are so interested in his tax returns. The White House has made this issue and saying it's only reporters who care. People don't care. This was litigated in the election when he didn't release his tax returns and people voted for him anyway. There are a number of reasons to be interested in his tax returns. And I think a number of reasons why people continue and, to be. And most importantly, what we don't have here, which is this describes the types of income but not the sources. Okay, so That's what we need to know. We need Who to, is the president getting money from? Well, we need to know, A, sources of his income, whether or not he's beholden to somebody. We also need to know whether all the things he said about himself and his wealth uh, and his charitableness and all those things are true. But we also need to know if he is going to take actions as president in terms of tax policy that are going to benefit him. And you're or saying, benefit his benefactors. Yes. Yes, I mean, it's a very complicated, tangled issue. I mean, here's a simple question to ask. Every other president's released their returns. We have uh, Hillary Clinton's and Bill Clinton's returns back to the 1970s. Why is it that Donald Trump is so insistent that we're not to see his tax returns? What, there must be something uh, hiding in his returns. And I've been at this for... But basically, they said nothing, and there was basically their concern. So here she makes this, this, this big old deal. Oh, my gosh, look what I got. Oh, look what I got. This is great. No one else is able to get this. And it was nothing. <laughs> Let's let it go ahead. And I do see about other callers. Uh, push the one on your number dial. Uh, we'll get you into the uh, the, the show tonight. Um, so, yeah, it's a little blast of the past. She got all excited. She got to act like they had all this big this big deal, and it turned out to be nothing. Big nothing burger, to be honest, as they say. Okay, and so what Brad's at the at the top of the hour, so to let folks know that you know don't let your uh, you know calls drop. If so, we will unfortunately not be able to get you back into the show, uh, and so we'll uh, before I do that, if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial. Uh, slow night tonight, uh, David. So far, it's just uh, me and you. I'll have to. I know Kelly said he had a date or something. I guess uh, he had, uh, I guess, yeah, good. Look at for him. I tell you what. <laughs> That's all of that. No, it's just no. But if you think about it, 
he did troll them. I wouldn't tell you that he signed, filled, and delivered that that tax return. They said Donald Trump with his wife. Yeah, like I've been telling people, he's the ultimate troll. There's not anyone in the world who can troll better than him because he knows any press is any press, whether it's good or bad, is still press. His name is still going to get out there. He's the ultimate. He's the king of branding. He knows exactly how to do it. This is the art of war, and I keep. Telling people this, do you honestly think this man does not know the art of war or the laws are, are has read the prince? I, because like he's acting it out left and right. He's throwing one trap after the other, and they keep falling for it. I guarantee he personally wrote that, you know, saying, "Here you go, I got something for you," and they fall for it each and every time. So, and you know, a lot of voters see that they're like, "How many more are they going to fall for? Are that stupid?" Like the Incident that he said that about the troops. You know, I'm a combat veteran. I was in the Marine Corps. You know, and I wouldn't. I had no doubt in my mind that he never said any of that. Because how pro-American he is, I would, I would, I wouldn't doubt if Hillary Clinton said that. I wouldn't even doubt. Uh, uh, I can't. Even, I want to say uh, President Obama, but President Trump saying that, absolutely not. And just like that, it went away because there was no, there. All these anonymous sources wouldn't quote unquote come forward. And I had a friend say that it was it was from uh, General Kelly, and I said bullshit because of John Bolton, who hates Trump, who is a warmonger, who's a war hawk, who makes his money through war, said no, he never said that. Then it was put to rest. And then good on the president, man, for finding those tax loopholes. You know, um, I'm not for these progressive taxes. If and if I had that kind of money, I'd be looking for loopholes left and right. So you know, yeah, well, yeah, let me tell you something. Yeah. I mean, we could. You know, you know what I, I heard a lot in the in their voices. I heard jealousy. I heard a lot of damn jealousy in their voices. Yeah. I really did. Did it? They just sound like they were just downright jealous of Trump for being able to do that. And let's be honest, if we if we all could, we would have too. Exactly. Now, even if he's paying on a lower tax bracket, he's still paying more money than you. That's why I tell people about the rich. Okay, if the middle class are paying that, which I think it's wrong, but if the rich are paying at the very top are paying, let's just say 28%, they're still paying more money than you. Even if it's 1%, they're still paying more money than you in taxes. You know, stop with this Elizabeth Warren you know, method like, oh, they're using the same roads, they'll do that. Of course they are, but they're paying taxes just like you and I are. Stop being jealous of these multi-billionaires. They made our lives so much better. Like Amazon, people are saying, oh, Jeff Bezos, you know, you had protests, and Seattle said, death to Jeff Bezos. I guarantee you guys buy some of your clothes and all your stuff from Amazon, right? He made your life better. Or the coffee that you're drinking from Starbucks made your life better, right? Access to uh, to better coffee. That water you're drinking, the bottled water, the billionaire from Coca-Cola made your life better. So stop bashing them. Yeah, they're billionaires because they they're they're very scarce and their ideas. But when they when it launched, you know, capitalism. That's how capitalism works. I don't understand. I, I've never understood that. I'm just like, why are you jealous? Then you come up with an idea. You come up with something that's so revolutionary. I guarantee the billions would come piling in, and I guarantee you'd want those taxes to be cut. And once one thing that they do is they throw, oh, what about uh, Abigail Disney? I said, Abigail Disney is a lazy, self-centered, entitled, fat, spoiled, trust fund rich girl who's never worked a day in her life. 
She's not like the Trump. She's not like the Trumps. She's not like the Waltons or anything. She doesn't know how money works. All she knows is that her great granddaddy created a multi-billion dollar universe, basically, and that money has always been, you know, money has always been available to her. So that's why she's saying, "Oh, we need more taxes." You know, okay, wait till it hits your pocketbooks. Then you'll be speaking in a different tone. Well, so I've never. Um... I've I've never heard of her to be honest. <laughs> you, you're talking about there. I've never heard of her. Oh, she was in support for uh, Bernie Sanders, pretty hardcore. Yeah, she was out there on. Gotcha. Yeah, but she, you know, she's she's lived in the height. She's lived in her Disney castle, <laughs> no pun intended. But you know, I, I'm tired. Oh, of yeah, I, I gotcha. Just, Exactly. I just get fed up with these people saying, oh, they have to pay more in taxes. They already pay all the taxes. What are you talking about? Well, you want to tax them out of business? It'll be like Maxine Waters. Well, we're going to tax them out of business. You mean the jobs? Yeah. They create the health care. You know, when I was in business, I never got paid by a poor person. You know, it's actually the poor people who who didn't pay their bill after the work was done. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you don't get paid. You don't work for free. You don't get paid by poor people. You know, the people at the top, you know, they, they pay you in order to do a good job. And if they want to pay you more to keep you, then that, you know, like I, like I learned in Hawaii, that's your kuleana. That's your problem. That's your ordeal. But no, yeah, in that voice of that that clip though, I could definitely hear the jealousy. You know, he said, "Oh, my wife and I make four hundred thousand dollars a year, and Donald Trump and Ivanka." Yeah, I wish and, I uh, made four hundred thousand dollars a year. Gosh. Yeah, I'm just saying, look, for being a professor, you and your wife being professors, you guys are making that much off my tax. Yeah, dollars, there you go. That's a good point. Yeah, you're you're a professor, and you make four. Yeah, you and I don't know what she does, but if you're a professor. Let's say she makes just as much as you do. Why are you making two hundred something thousand dollars a year being a professor? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I, that's yeah. I'm a professor and I make two hundred thousand dollars a year. That's crazy. And you wouldn't be complaining about a, a person who's employed how many people? I mean, you know, how many people has uh, Donald Trump employed? I'm sure that he's probably that the salary. If you add up all the salaries of the, all the people that uh, you know that uh, Trump has employed. I bet it makes. I bet you add it all up together. It's more than what he's made, you know. So hey, look, you know he he hired enough people, you know. And let's think about it. And the people who work who work for the Trump organization, they're paying taxes too. So because he's employing these people, they're paying taxes. Correct. Yeah, the payroll taxes. That's what they were talking about. Remember, he has to pay taxes on top of that as well. So I, but yeah, I, I've never his employees gotten, are paying taxes. Correct, and I've never gotten why it was so important to look at his tax records, you know. And he did make someone did make a point. Uh, I forgot was it him or someone to make a point. But they want to say tax- where he's getting his money. Make sure he's not beholden to anybody. Well, look at look at uh-huh. the uh, look at the Bidens. I mean, yeah, yeah. So see, if they're all wanting to look at Trump and where his money comes from, but no one ever wants to look at where the Bidens are getting theirs. The Biden and the Biden family is getting their money. Or Pelosi or anybody else. I'm just like, okay, where are they getting their money True. from? Or what about the richest person in the Senate, which would be uh, Diane Feinstein? Her husband's uh, Michael Berg, or uh, yeah, Michael, um, yeah, Michael Berg, who created uh, University of Phoenix. He's a billionaire. Why don't we talk about her? Where she getting? Where she's getting her money from? 
how she maintains her power. Yeah, was wasn't she part of that? Wasn't she a part of that? I mean, you didn't hear much about it. Wasn't she part of that scandal that was just uh, about insider trading? Uh, that was some months ago. Wasn't she part of? You hardly heard about. It. Of course, you heard mostly about the Republicans that were involved, but you really didn't hear much about Feinstein. Wasn't her her, or her husband actually involved in something like that? Uh, they both were, and it was, it was quickly uh, pushed aside. But I guarantee you, if she wasn't a part of it, and it was all Republicans. That's all we would hear. That's exactly. That's oh all, yeah, that's, that's all. all we that, that's all we heard about. That's the only articles and stuff that you know. That that I've seen. I mean, even in, and I heard you know. Yeah, I don't even use Google anymore. I use Bing, but even Bing ain't that, you know, that great. I wish we could find a good, you know, conservative uh, search engine. Uh, and there's one place it's not a search engine. It's supposed to be like, I hope you know, maybe the new up and coming Facebook. It's called Parlor. I've been wait, I've been thinking about for months, you know, checking into it, but I just I just never get around to it. I mean, are you familiar with Parlor? Yeah, it's yeah. I have a parlor. I haven't uh, I haven't messed with it yet though, because I'm I'm getting on Facebook, man. It's just they target your ad, they target the ad, they censor everything. And if you try to share something, they say, "Oh, this is false." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, was it double oh, from my ninth? So yeah, it, that's gonna be that's gonna be over with. Though, so yeah, there was a time where you know, the, and I haven't tried to post an article for a while on on Facebook, but there was a while like no matter what, I mean, even if it was from the hill. You know, I would post something like, no, no, this has been, you know, deemed as false. And I'm like, wait a minute. I literally just posted, I literally just posted that link. And like within literally seconds, I get the the pop up saying, oh, no, we shut this down because of fake news. They didn't say fake news, but, you know. And I'm like, really? So, you, you know, you know it's BS, but, you know, whatever. So, yeah, uh, you know, that's, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, as you say, we're at the top of the hour. We got our third, uh, you know, topic for this evening, it's, and you know, of course, we've waited years, right, to, to hear, you know, the Durham report, right? I mean, two years ago, you know, on the show here, you know, we had an episode again, as I mentioned earlier in the in the show. I think it was sometime around May 23rd, 2018. Where we had the episode, and, and I got a link there here on Blog Talk Radio to that uh, that episode, uh, and you know, time to investigate, investigate, and so now they're starting to you know hear some things. I don't know what why they're dragging the feet with the Durham uh, the Durham report, and it, and it took uh, you know a different organization in order to uh, to find it, um, and so we're going to play the next audio for that. You know, we got just a couple of I wish I would have. I had those um, dividing gas. I wish I would have. I was supposed to download those. I made like a, a, a minute and a half uh, little montage of some more binding gas, but I I forgot to upload it <laughs> to uh, to the studio here. But but I know. But now this one is. Uh, I may have heard this recently that you know about them wiping out uh, the phones uh, from some of the people here. Uh, from the Mueller team. But let's go ahead. I'll, I'll mute on mic and we'll get this audio uh, together for that. About two years ago, it was uncovered that the Office of Special Counsel under Mueller had wiped the phones of Lisa Page and Peter Strzok, deleting who knows how many text messages. We're still not sure. 
and allegedly this inspector general was able to recover at least a portion of them. But now we know, thanks to Judicial Watch's intrepid investigator, investigators and litigators, that the scandal is more than just about Lisa Page and Peter Strzok. It involves virtually the entire top echelon of the corrupt Mueller special counsel operation. And I know you're all frustrated that nothing ever seems to be going on here in Washington, D.C., from the official organs of the state, such as the Justice Department and Congress and Durham or the uh, or, 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 or frankly, even the media, which obviously isn't an organ of the state, even though it apparates sometimes as one, uh, certainly if you're of the left-wing persuasion. Uh, but uh, Judicial Watch, once again, doing the heavy lifting that Congress, the media, and, and uh, the Justice Department fails to do. We've broken, up a, broken open a new scandal concerning the wiping of phones, cell phones, by Mueller's team. You may recall about two years ago, it was uncovered that the Office of Special Counsel under Mueller had wiped the phones of Lisa Page and Peter Strzok, deleting who knows how many text messages, we're still not sure, and allegedly this inspector general was able to recover at least a portion of them. But now we know, thanks to Judicial Watch's intrepid investigator, investigators and litigators, that the scandal is more than just about Lisa Page and Peter Strzok. It involves virtually the entire top echelon of the corrupt Mueller special counsel operation. In fact, the new documents we've uncovered as a result of a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit that has now taken nearly, uh, between the lawsuit and the investigation, nearly two years of heavy lifting to resolve. There are at least 25 cell phones that, uh, whose data was either wiped or deleted accidentally, of course, um, in the uh, in terms of evidence being re uh, removed, text messages, you name it, emails being removed by Mueller special counsel team, including his top deputy, Andrew Weissman, who managed to, I think, uh, wipe uh, two of the three phones he was issued. I'm going to try this uh, function here on um, on Zoom and call up the document here and share it with you. Here it is. Share. So this is what it looks like if you are able to see it. And you can see this chart, this helpful chart that details uh, the status of the phones and what happened to them by name. You can see much of it is heavily redacted. But uh, you can see some of these names. There we are. Andrew, Andrew Weissman there. You see there. There's the phone that was issued. There's the date, 9-27-2018. And look, he accidentally wiped cell phone. Data lost. Here's another person. Kyle Freeney. Phone was accidentally wiped prior to records review. Let's see who else is on here. Andrew Weissman again. So you can see from this list that there are lots of issues that popped up. James Quarles, who is one of the top deputies here, you'll see here, his 
bone wiped itself without intervention. Don't worry, he confirmed he did not use text and had no work-related photos on the device prior to it being wiped. So we should take their word for it. Now, this is a scandal that is reverberating right now as a result of Judicial Watch's work. Uh, our document has been highlighted uh, on the media. Senator Charles Grassley wants more answers as a result of this disclosure. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham was asked questions about it on TV, and, and he's, he shares our concerns. And, of course, we've got still the missing text as the documents show, of Lisa Page and Peter Strzok. Uh, Page's phone went missing, then went unmissing, and the documents suggest they're missing again. So what's going on here? What's going on here is that the Justice Department, specifically the corrupt Mueller operation, behaves as if they're above the law. Because if there was evidence on phones, potentially, and the phones were wiped, and you were the target of an FBI investigation, or the Mueller witch hunters, what do you think would happen to you? Well, we already know what would happen to you. You would be prosecuted. You'd have your home raided early in the morning as they looked for evidence. Remember, that was the justification for the early morning raid on Paul Manafort's home. They were worried about evidence destruction. Here, we have a pandemic of wiped phones, all accidental, by the leadership of the Mueller team, and we're supposed to just presume nothing happened. Do you buy that? How many times have you wiped the data from your phone because you forgot a password? Think about it. How many phones have you owned? If you're watching, you probably own two, three, maybe four, five, even more phones. Have you wiped the data accidentally? How many times has the data just wiped itself completely without your intervention? It just happened. Never happened to me. So we're expected to believe Andrew Weissman and the Mueller team and give them the benefit of the doubt, the benefit of the doubt they never gave anyone else. So my question is, A, why did the Justice Department hide these documents? Why did the IG not report this out? Why has it taken nearly two years for this material to be released? Why is there a criminal investigation? There is, I don't believe, we're, you know, I, I guess in theory there could be a secret one, but come on. Who are we fooling? You know, this goes to show that you need independent groups like Judicial Watch doing this work separate and apart from the government, because this is about holding the government account. I mean, we're expecting the Justice Department to turn this material over to us voluntarily. No, we began asking for it in, I think, the fall of 2018. We sued last year, and it's almost a year to the day did we get the documents. And there were only 87 pages of these documents, so it's not like there's a ton of material. So now we have confirmation that the Mueller team is implicated in a destruction of evidence scandal, because whether they committed a crime or not, it's pretty clear this potentially is evidence that was destroyed. There was an IG investigation ongoing. They knew there were issues already with Page and Strzok. And the whole team is just willy-nilly wiping stuff accidentally off their Internet. And as we know from the Clinton email investigation, 
Wiping doesn't necessarily mean things are deleted. Things can be recovered. Have they taken steps to recover the documents that could have been on these phones? I don't know. I doubt it. And if you want to know why Clinton wasn't prosecuted, because they were doing the same thing Clinton was doing. That's what it looks like to me. Thanks for tuning in. Well, he makes some uh, some great points there, and you know, especially like, you know, why is it taking so long? Why you know have they tried to get the so-called wiped? And and why is it why is it Durham doing more? And, and frankly, why isn't Barr doing more? I mean, I don't understand. I mean, is it the very fact that they just don't want to look political? Oh, we're in a campaign; we don't look political. I mean, don't, shouldn't the, the citizens don't the citizens of the United States of these United States deserve to know? Uh, what is going on, you know, or what has gone out on before they, they, you know, vote either vote early or go to the polls? We do have a right to know, I mean, but, like, the, it's been politicized. It's a thoroughly it's a thoroughly politicized, and, you know, especially during a uh, campaign season. And, you know, Durham has done you know, has done a good job, but you know, I thought Barr would be pushing it like further to find out because Lisa Page and you know and Peter Schunk should be serving in prison for the rest of their life. They know exactly what they did. They violated law after law after law, and then they try and they they try to say, oh, you know, uh, lost what was it lost the password? No, you didn't. You got caught. And how dumb are you to use? I when I was in business, I never used my work cell phone for personal use because newsflash. They're, they're, they're watching your text. They're looking at your emails. They're looking at everything. So that's just out of oh, yeah. how certainly they are. Reality, what reality? But you know, I did, I did like, and I'll bring it to another quick point. Is that you know, Lindsey Graham? Now, granted, I have a that's, that's funny. I just pulled up, I just pulled up an article about him. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just I, I have a love hate relationship with him because when he needs to fight. For Republicans, like what he did with uh, Kavanaugh, he's the man you want. He's he's a necessary evil. I've always said that about Lindsey Graham. No, we don't need to get rid of Lindsey Graham unless there's someone who's viable in the Republican Party for South Carolina to do it because I do not want his uh, opponent, uh, the Democrat, who's raising a shit ton of money, to be honest, to take him out. But I, I'm not worried about Lindsey Graham losing his seat because he's on the most powerful committee in the Senate. Or he chairs it, by the way. No, he's a necessary evil. When he needs to be a true Republican, he steps up, and that's one thing I've always appreciated with him. Like we did with uh, with uh, with Je- uh, Justice Kavanaugh, I was like, okay, that's the Lindsey Graham people wanted in office. And then he goes back to his rhino his rhino behavior. But for this, he wants you know he wants justice. He wants to see it done. He's not stupid. He his constituents want it. So uh, yeah, that kudos you know to Lindsey Graham and for Grassley, you know. Who really sticking it to it and like, no, we're gonna get to the bottom of this. And you know, I I got tired of my friends talking about Mueller, you know, saying though he didn't dismiss Trump. He said there was no further evidence. No, Mueller was implicit with it because they're covering up. That's why. It's just like with um, who's the guy they fired in the FBI? I can't believe I forgot his name. He wrote that book, Hungry. Uh, Comey? Comey. Yeah, yeah, it's just like with Comey, man. Comey's corrupt, too. He's oh, part of the person I'd love to see get in jail for all this. It would be Comey. I can't stand that smug yeah. SOB. 
Yeah, I know what he did. Like he with Clinton. I said, "Oh my God, we got Clinton. We got Clinton. We got Clinton." It wasn't criminally. Oh my God, did he just actually say that? And that's what people. I think that's what really drove more people to vote for Trump. Even uh, some of my friends who are Bernie voters, they're like, "No, we're voting for Trump, man. I can't take this." She literally just got away with the crime. Oh yeah, certainly she does. So yeah. That, that that's why I couldn't stand. I mean, it's, I couldn't imagine her. The, the I would say she's probably would have been one of the, one of the more corrupt people to ever run for president. Yeah, I definitely see them, but it just, it just goes back to back how truly corrupt the system is, and the reason why they're not really pushing it forward. It is a campaign season. Hey, we're in uh, you know election season, but after it's done, we're going to see Trump's true true colors. He's going to unleash Barr, and Barr is going to do a lot of damage to D.C. We're going to see one. We're going to see one indictment after the other. We're going to see a few people exonerated, and you know we will see federal troops possibly, and you know our more police officers being deputized in these uh, Democrat-ran cities because people are fed up. But they're playing it safe because it's election season. Yeah, certainly. Well, my biggest concern is is the Democrats actually being successful in stealing the election, which we both know they're planning. Uh, because I don't, I I believe they really know that if, if they just left it up to the voters, there'd be no way in hell they'd win. They're going to try to steal it. I think that I think their efforts are going to be even more so than what they were originally planning in 2016. I think they were trying to plan you know, rigging the electronic voter uh, machines in 2016, but it was it was just made too aware of, of what they were trying to do. Hopefully, their 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 plot is. Um, Thwarted this time as well, and I think you did a good uh, segue actually into this next uh, article here. And of course, all, you know when you're listening to the video tonight or audio, but it, it's actually from a video. Uh, and he was talking about these charts and things of that nature. I mean, you can watch the uh, the video from the the website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and you can go to the newsroom and you can see all the different uh, you know the articles from tonight as well as the you know, the videos and things of that nature but uh, that we got the audios from. So this uh, article here is from there. Uh, it's from actually the Daily Mail uh, UK. Uh, so it's interesting some of the things we hear from, from across the pond, so to speak. It says, uh, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham, like I said, that's a good segue to that, has hinted that a huge bombshell is about to drop after a review of the Russia investigation. Graham responded to the Friday resignation of U.S. Attorney John Durham's top aide, Nora Daney, which was reported to have happened because investigators were not given enough time to gather information on former FBI Director Robert Moore's team ahead of the November 3rd election. After it emerged, after it emerged devices belonging to Mueller's teams were wiped before they could be analyzed, Graham claimed more findings would emerge by next week. You think you are mad about the phone being wiped, uh, Graham said on Fox News uh, Hannity last week. Stay tuned. We'll talk talk in about 10 to 12 days and see if there is something else you can get mad about. Wow. And uh, and then uh, it says on Monday, a source close – I hate that term – a source close to the situation – I hate that – Anyway, just tell us who this source is. I know you can't, but still. Um, this is close to the situation. Told Fox News that speculation about Daney's reason for leaving 
is simply from an echo chamber trying to make things look bad for Attorney General Bill Barr. Bill hired Durham to look into what is potentially illegal activity, could have sparked the investigation into whether Russia, Russia meddled in the 2016 election. President Trump has accused former Vice President Joe Biden and President Barack Obama of treason and having spied on his campaign. They lied, they cheated, they leaked, they got caught. They spied on my campaign. Never in history has there been anything like it, he said. It's treason, and other words can be used also. In the year and a half since he was appointed, Durham has questioned former law enforcement and intelligence officials, former CIA Director John Bennon, along with them, about decisions made during the course of the Russia probe. Uh, Dainey had been top leader of the team, present for interviews with such officials, including Mr. Brennan. The investigation has not yet produced the results that Trump supporters have been hoping for. The, inside, uh, the insider reassured Fox News that Jenny only came in for a brief job. They're doing their job, the source continued to say, the investigation, which reportedly should have been completed by Labor Day. It's not easy to do stuff like this. It takes time. The federal prosecutor gave up her post and resigned by email, the Hartford Coronet reported, stating the reason was at least partly due to concern. The probe is being pressured for political reasons to produce his reports ahead of schedule, blah, blah, blah. Attorney General Barr said last week that there could be more charges coming in the probe. So we'll see, uh, you know, what's, what's going on there. Uh, again, I... I, I do wonder why they're dragging their feet. I mean, uh, what is what are they waiting for? I mean, I mean, I, I know these things have to be deliberate, but the excuse we've been hearing about, oh, well, we just don't want to see partisan, that just doesn't fly with me, to be honest. No, not uh, me neither. You know, I've had to come to the conclusion that these people in super high places, nothing's going to happen to them. You honestly think they're going to, you're going to, like, when we say lock her up, lock her up, at first, you know, there was hope that she was, you know, Hillary Clinton was going to be locked up, but now it's not. Are Clinton going to be in trouble, Obama, or anyone else? And the truth is, it's not. They'll drag it on for years. And he's going to just different political ploys and say, oh, that's not important right now. What's important is, you know, tax reform or, uh, Justice reform or anything like that, you know, they 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 come up or they gaslight. To be honest, so you know, I I do have faith in the system, but sometimes I'm just like, is it even worth it? And we do know there's overwhelming evidence that the Obama administration spied on the Trump campaign. Hillary was involved with it. Hillary had answers to the first debate. By Donna Brazile and the DNC, and Donna Brazile for some reason is on Fox News. I still can't figure that one out. Because <laughs> Fox News really isn't. I mean, it really is. You know, I know they tried to say they're fair and balanced, but why even bother to be fair and balanced anymore? I mean, I mean, you do need someone to counteract CNN, MSNBC, NPR, CBS. I mean, we the. You know, you need someone to counteract that. The only one I can think of now anymore that truly does that, you know, almost 100% is OAN or, you know, One American News. Yeah, One American News, and uh, I like watching Newsy every now and then because they just give you the news straightforward. Uh, Who is that? Fox and, uh, Newsy, N-E-W-Z-Y. 
Uh, it's yeah, okay, I think I heard of that. Yeah, I, I I forgot where I watch it from. I just watch it from YouTube every now and then. But no, I, I really wish that they would just uh, they they would move forward with it, even if it's election season or not. But then again, like I said, Lindsey Graham he cha- he he is the chairman, you know of uh not the ways and uh not the ways and ah out the tip of my tongue like he's it's a very powerful committee with the Senate, it's the most powerful one. But uh yeah, he he's he's waiting for his reelection and then those those they'll really bring down the hammer. Now, one thing I wanted to bring up earlier, it's kind of off topic, uh, but it is something that, you know, because I kind of keep my ear and, and stuff on, on Twitter while we're doing the show. And did you hear anything about this? Now, this was posted uh, to Twitter, um, I guess, it was it today? Well, it's actually yesterday because of, you know. But it says, two of Republican Lacey Johnson's teenage campaign aides were shot in a drive-by shooting in North Minneapolis. One of the teens, 17-year-old outreach coordinator Andre Conley, died at the hospital. Lacey Johnson is running against Ilan Omar. Um, have you heard anything on that? Because I mean, that's just something I've been hearing, on, I've seen on Twitter. No, I have not. I did not know that Lacey. Uh, his son, you said, was uh, shot in the drive-by. No, one of their uh, their aides. Oh wow, that's two Republic- yeah, two of Republican Lacey Johnson's teenage campaign aides were shot. Uh, one of the teens was 17, 17 years old, uh, died at, later at the hospital. Is what I is what I got a a, um, a read here on. So I, I mean, yeah, again, this is just something they came up. I'm not really seeing anything, um, any reports on that. And some even said, how come we're not even seeing this on some of the other – I mean, again, this might just be something that's, uh, you know, a recent development, um, you, know, the, uh, you know, I'm trying to find some more information about. That's t- I tell you what, it is. I mean, it's it's just crazy what's going on out there. I mean, I've been following politics for, for quite some time, and I've never um, – I've never seen it like this, like at all. I mean, yeah, this is September twenty. Oh, so let's see. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything uh, about about that in the news, like at all right now. Again, this is just something I'm seeing on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah, you're not gonna see anything. It's Republican. You know, that's 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 absolutely horrible. That that would happen to two aides, you know. It could have been targeted, or it could just because Minneapolis is it, it's the wild, wild west. And, you know, it's, I, it I, I, my guts tell me they were ta- that my um. There's one person who said, uh, uh, "So now we got uh, this is about an hour ago. So, so now we got Somali tactics in America. Can't we say we weren't warned eighty thousand Somalis all in one place?" No, that, that goes. I, I, that goes I, it, it might be. I, I, my guts tell me they were targeted. Oh no! If you're saying yeah, that because that's some place with Somalis and uh, Somalis in America, right there. You know, like I said, it goes with immigration. You know, 25 or 27 years ago, we had the option of not bringing in all these refugees, and you know, Clinton administration or just you know, particularly the uh, white liberal women of uh, Minnesota, like brought them open with open arms. But they, you know, they brought their garbage with them, and I mean, look—you have somebody who was rescued from a shithole country that wasn't even a country, basically. 
got free scholarships, married your brother, and then you bash the country that saved you. Right. I mean, that just shows you the culture. That just shows you how the culture, uh, how how it's dramatically shifted. You know, and a lot of people years ago they, you know, they're saying, "Be careful what you wish for," you know, or they're doing the "told you so" dance. I told you so. You brought these people in. I told you so. So now you you know lying, you have they have to lie in their bed and take it. And speaking of, I think because of the civil unrest in uh, Minneapolis and how corrupt the city council is, saying that defund the police or abolish the police, but rules are for thee, but not for me. I really believe, and I do have a bet on this, that Minnesota is flipping red. You have four Democrat mayors of in Minnesota who said, "No, we're voting for Trump." There's just no way. And then uh, Mike Lindell. Who is the uh, – I, I think, he, yeah, he's the spokesperson for uh, Minnesota. He's done an incredible job of you know, getting more people to vote, and he's a very successful businessman. They're like, okay, you know, if Lindell's on it, I think we should do it, man. Because Ken and, because Ken and Karen, they're scared now. And, you know, statistics and history shows, man, when riots and civil unrest happen, Republicans usually take back the House and Senate or the presidency. The only exception to the rule would probably be uh, the Clinton administration, the uh, Clinton's victory in uh, 1992. But like I was talking to our other panelists, I really believe Clinton lost, and it was a guy named Ross Perot in a third party. Granted, he dropped out the first time. He took 23 million votes with him because how do you beat an incumbent who had 93% approval rating? It just it doesn't add up. In that sense, I'm trying to find more about that, but unfortunately, I'm not seeing more. I did see one where it says uh, um, in Michigan, it says uh, it, again. This is just from Twitter, so I mean, I haven't been able to confirm or deny any of this or um, or co- cooperate any of this. It's, this is um, Time Magazine went to Michigan to study Joe Biden's campaign operation. He doesn't have one, nothing, a recipe for disaster. Uh, and it says, uh, the, let's see, the Biden campaign in Michigan refused to confirm the location of any physical field offices despite repeated requests. They say they have supply centers for handing out signs but would not confirm these locations. The campaign also declined to say how many of their Michigan staff were physically located here. So, I mean, again, that's just. You know, you you don't know. There's no way for me to cooperate that at this point. But so Joe Biden, he doesn't have any staff in Michigan. That's key state. Well, I mean, according to that, you know, he doesn't have any like hubs there. But I mean, again, that's just off that re, off that report. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm, I don't mind getting off some off to, uh, off topic. But I did want to get this last audio in. Uh, you know, for the night, uh, and this is just more in vein about uh, with with the Robert Mueller investigation. Cause, you know, get this more out. So let's go ahead and get uh, this. Cause I did want to get it uh, again. This is and this will be the last audio, probably for the night. Oh, gosh, I really wish I had that uh, the gas. That just would have been something kind of funny uh, for us to listen to. But uh, I'll, I'll probably have them on next week. Uh, but let me get this uh, this audio for us. These are documents the Justice Department has had for at least uh, well over a year, and they're only being released to Judicial Watch through a lawsuit and through, frankly, the court process. This shows you the crisis of law in terms of the rule of law 
that Washington, D.C. is facing, where the Justice Department has to be sued to follow the law, where the FBI has to be sued to follow the law. And here, the reason they weren't following the law is pretty clear, is because if they, if they didn't want to admit, that's the conclusion I draw, that they were potentially obstruction just, obstructing justice through the Mueller investigation. So the good news here is that just, you know, there is a measure of accountability if, thanks to Judicial Watch. And I don't know what the Justice Department is going to do, but uh, they won't do anything for sure if there's no pressure to do it. And what do I mean by that? Meaning we got evidence that they otherwise wouldn't want us to see that, in, that increases public pressure to hold the guilty accountable. And uh, without Judicial Watch doing that, we would not be, uh, uh, frankly, I don't think there'd be a Durham investigation. We'd probably still have the Mueller operation going on, harassing the president, victimizing him. So the 87 pages of documents documenting the uh, destruction of evidence by the Mueller special counsel team, all accidental, of course, is available at our website. And the detail, again, is something that uh, is just, incredible to behold because as i said it shows there's a pandemic of evidence destruction all accidental at the special counsel's office so specifically with related to specifically related to the to the destruction of the records 27 phones were reported wiped clean of all data wiped prior to the review of data having taken place 20 phones were reported wiped of data due to accidental wipe as i say usually from entering the password too many times. Two phones, two phones were reported wiped after being placed in airplane mode from which they could not be unlocked because the passwords were supposedly forgotten. And that included the phones of Andrew Weissman and two deputies, as I said, uh, Mo, um, uh, two deputies of Mueller, Freeney and Rush Atkinson. One phone was wiped clean without explanation. That's the magic wipe that took place. And uh, what's interesting is um, it doesn't look like Mueller's phone was reviewed at all, although the records aren't clear on that, so you never know. Uh, these are documents the Justice Department has had for at least uh, well over a year, and they're only being released to Judicial Watch through a lawsuit and through, frankly, the court process. This shows you the crisis of law in terms of the rule of law that Washington, D.C. is facing, where the Justice Department has to be sued to follow the law, where the FBI has to be sued to follow the law. And here, the reason they weren't following the law is pretty clear, is because if they, if they didn't want to admit, that's the conclusion I draw, that they were potentially obstructing justice, obstructing justice through the Mueller investigation. So right now, there are three key reasons, that, well, I should say more than three, but there are three reasons to investigate Mueller, because there are obviously more than three. He may have lied to Congress about his conflict of interest as a result of being in consideration for the FBI job, whose opening which he was investigating. Uh, his team deleted all sorts of material from phones, 25-plus phones, accidentally. Destruction of evidence, potential obstruction of justice. Imagine you went into a corporation, if you're an FBI uh, agent, and the leadership of the corporation 
25 phones amongst all of them were wiped clean of evidence, what would happen? There'd be a raid. And thirdly, they need to be investigated for the corruption related to General Flynn's prosecution, where they knowingly prosecuted someone uh, despite evidence that he was, uh, he was completely innocent. So uh, that's obstruction of justice and fraud and conspiracy as well. So I don't know what's happening with Durham in that regard. Is he doing any of that? As best I can tell, the position of the Justice Department is that, quote, no crimes took place in Flynn's prosecution. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, you can bet that our friend uh, Sidney Powell was upset about this. I was seeing that she was highlighting the, 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 the reason early on why the IG and Justice Department should have been seizing all the phones over at the IG's, uh, at the special counsel's office once it became known that Struck and Page's material had been deleted. And she was right. That's why we sued for the information. We knew something was up. This is what our request was. We knew something was up. All records related to the hardware, software, and contents of mobile phones issued to FBI officials struck and page for their use while they served on the investigative team of Special Counsel Robert Mueller. All records of communication, whether government on government or non-government email accounts, and whether using real names or aliases, we have to put that in there now. Thank you, Hillary with FBI officials relating to the hardware, software, and contents of mobile phones issued to FBI officials Peter Strzok and Lisa Page for their use while they served on the investigative team of Special Counsel Robert Mueller. So as a result of this specific request, we've uncovered this mother load of corruption at the Special Counsel's office. And so um, uh, I think this is the last production of records. So uh, unless we keep on fighting over records they withheld from us, I'm not sure the uh, legal legitimacy of that. So we'll figure that out in concert with our legal team. Uh, There's more to be done in terms of getting people to testify under oath. Don't you agree? And uh, again, Judicial Watch doing more than Durham has to date in terms of public disclosure about what went on with Russiagate and Obamagate and the Mueller abuses, as much if not more than what Congress has done to date. And certainly the left-wing media is uh, completely AWOL on this because they were co-conspirators in the effort to get Trump. They have zero interest in doing this type of work. So I'll let you know as things progress there, but um, who knows where this may lead. Who knows where this may be? Thanks for tuning in. These are documents the Justice Department has had for at least. And again, it, it, it begs to ask, you know, why? What, I mean, why would the Durham, uh, you know, drag his feet on it? I mean, I, I know that I'm kind of repeating myself with that, but I, I don't understand why they would, you know, why they'd be dragging their, their feet. I mean, I mean, I never, I don't know how much trust they put into either him or, or frankly, Barr for that that matter. But, but we'll we we'll see. I mean, I don't know if it's maybe it is maybe it's the the election. Maybe the it's it, because they don't want to be seen as being political, and they you know. But the thing is, is my concern with this is, is, let's say the Democrats are successful in stealing the election, then they'll shut this all down. They'll shut it down, and then it'll never get out. I mean, Barr will be gone, Durham will be gone, they'll all be gone. 
you know, and the investigations will be over. I mean, they'll they'll they're, they'd be done. I mean, unless you know they try to throw it out while you know Trump is what they consider a lame duck president. But I mean, once that January twentieth hits, I mean it's 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 over. So I don't know. I mean, is it worth? I mean, is it worth the risk of this information not getting out and 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 these people getting away with it? And as you, and as you said, David, I mean, I don't, I don't think it, they're ever going to really be held accountable. I mean, do I think Kobe Comey will ever see behind bars? Probably not. It'd be nice, but <laughs> uh, I don't know. That that's the frustrating part. You know that that they can get away with, you know, with, with what they try to do with the, you know, with Trump before his election and then afterwards, and, and without any, and with with total disregard on how that will, uh, how that would affect the American people. No disregard for that at all, or no no regard, I should say, no regard for that at all. Yeah, just think of the psychology of that. You know, someone who's growing up, the Gen Z, and they see that these very top people get away with basically murder. So, you know, they're thinking, what's the point of even trusting the system when the system's really against us? And that the top, you know, the top, they're basically, they're kings and queens. They can do as they please, but we can't do what they can do. So yeah, that's what's pretty the much point? It. Exactly. What's the point of even following the law? What's the point of anything? You know that that's how chaos and anarchy start. You know, it just it, it just well, doesn't start. Th- that's why that 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 person who hopefully they catch him who just walked right into that police car, pop 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 pop, you know, and 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 shot those police officers because they figured, eh, nothing's gonna happen to me, you know. They they do they feel like oh well I'm I'm safe nothing's going to happen to me I'm just going to go ahead and do this. It's a two it's it's a two prong problem on that one right there. One I can assure you that he probably didn't grow up with the, he didn't grow up with the strong father uh, figures and you know kids are well there's a sixty five percent chance of that of that he's he's one single family home. Exactly, and the feminine, you know, they're saying it's toxic masculinity. I would say more it's toxic femininity because most of the teachers are female. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, most of the teachers are female. Most of the curriculum is catered towards uh, girls, and then he gets home. Let's say that guy gets home. Where's the father? Where's the father figure? Where's that masculinity to hold you you back, to control those urges? To respect the rule, to to respect your uh, your elders, respect the rule of law. There's none, and then you see these people in the city council of uh, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, and their mayors. Oh, we have bail reform. We'll take care of that. Can't really punish them. No, go ahead and do a crime. You'll just be sent back out. And the criminals know about this stuff. And now that the criminals are seeing that there's criminals at the highest echelon of government getting away with it. Rules are rules for thee, not for me. No, there's no rules for anybody. That's how anarchy starts, and that's how socialism. And it goes back full circle. What I said earlier. That's how socialism infiltrates a country. It brings it down from the inside. 
So until if Barr well, if Barr has the man, he will prosecute these people to the full extent of the law. Republicans take the House and Senate. Don't give it to McCarthy, man. Please let Jim Jordan be the Speaker of the House because he I will. Know, I really wish that. Yeah, he will see that these people go to prison for the rest of their days, and Hillary Clinton gets punished. Yeah, and that's, seriously, that's what we need to see. And, and, and again, maybe they think that you know, maybe they're pretty confident, maybe, you know, that, that Trump is going to win and they're going to be able to do that. Maybe they're like, look, there's no way the Democrats are going to be able to, you know, to, 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 to save this off. They're not going to be able to cheat enough in order to win the election. I really hope that, they, I really hope that the, that that's correct and that that's their mode of thinking and that's why, you know, they're kind of keeping their powder dry. Uh, you know, until after the election, for it doesn't seem to be political, because you know, and they've already started. I mean, you've already started. Uh, I mean, the media trying to say it's all it's you know it's, a, it's partisan, and and of course you know now they're even trying to say the peace talks, um, you know, which which is historic. It's just a distraction. It's like really they're just jealous that Obama never got it done. You know, I mean, Obama, what did he get? What did he get a, a Nobel Peace Prize for? I mean, he didn't deserve that Nobel Peace Prize. Not at all. You know, watching this president you know, receive two nominations in one week, that's incredible. That's I, true. That's all we heard. Trump is going to get us in World War III. I can give you some text messages from people like, he's going to get us in World War III. We are going to go oh, to pure war. No, it's the, act, it's, the, it's the opposite. And a lot of people from the walk away movement, there was this one guy, real feminine guy, but he's anti, very anti-war. And at first he was anti-Trump, and then he realized, whoa, this president really is anti-war. He got rid right. of ISIS. He took care of Syria, and he's pulling the troops out. Wow, he really is anti-war. It's the first president in 39 years that didn't get us in any quagmires. Dang, he really did exactly. um, make that promise. Yeah, so yep. I think I, I'm not too worried about the Democrats taking, you know, still the election. They they're gonna get some fraudulent votes in there. That's for sure. I'm not doubting about that with the melon. With a melon and provisional ballots, but I have a strong I have strong faith that the Republicans will take the House. But my only fear is McCarthy. That's my only fear. Just like, dang it, man, why? Why does he have to be? Do you think he's like a Paul Ryan like figure? Very much. Uh, a little bit more aggressive than Ryan, but we need someone who's like a rat, who's like a bulldog. And I can't think of anyone better than uh, Jim Jordan. Even more so oh, than Trey Gowdy. Yeah. That? Yeah, no, I said I would have to agree with that. I would have to agree that, you know, he would definitely be better than McCarthy. I hate it when they made him be the minority leader because and I, I do. I think uh, – no, but, but maybe they want to do that so Jim Jordan can stay in the – well, no, I guess he could still be in the committees, right, uh, even if he's the Speaker of the House. but It wouldn't look so well because they, they look as a demagogue. So they have that separation, uh, the separation of powers. Yeah. But uh, no. Yeah, I was never a big. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah. When they, they picked McCarthy, I wasn't a big, big fan of him. So I do see we only got about well about twelve minutes left uh, for the rest of the show before I have to uh, close things up for tonight. No, I certainly uh, appreciate you staying with me on, David. I hope uh, uh, Kelly is enjoying his date. Uh, maybe we'll get some details next weekend. Yeah, uh, and, and, uh, I said very much so, especially in California, man. I just, I, 
I'm from there originally, but I just cannot understand what happened to that state. And uh, PragerU actually has a really good video on what happened to California. I did not know PG&E was using because of environmentalists, that environmentalist movement got them to stop everything, uh, stop nuclear plants from being built, everything. They're using uh, grids and uh, power cables from 100 years ago. Like That, that kind of technology wow. – that technology, yeah, that's where the fires – not to mention, uh, remember when Trump said he was combing the we have to we have to uh, comb the forest, and you had these Finnish people of all of all people whose country went to went to shit, the mocking the president, and they have no idea what that means. It means taking out the dead branches, taking out this, and they're gargantuan machines that do this too. Because I've seen them myself, I was like, wow, these things are gargantuan, and they're taking down these trees like they're nothing. And that got stopped, and then we got the the you had the hippies basically saying, "No, these old trees deserve to die with with uh, with honor." And this is what this is why the brush fires are so powerful. Lastly, they're building in terrain that shouldn't be built, uh, should by forests and everything, so they're very susceptible right. to fires. And California, yeah, why, you know, yeah like, I mean. Yeah, you live in a you live in a forest. Guess what? <laughs> well, you know, and, and not not no. There is one stance I agree with. I mean, I do agree with you know, if a tree's not dying, and you're not using it for you know a resource, why cut it down? Um, I know I do agree with that. I mean, I I, I disagree with deforestation and things of that nature. Uh, but the point I the part I do agree with is like uh, you need. I mean, if, if you have a dead trees fallen dead trees all over the place or or, or, or dead trees that are still erected, um, they're dead. You can go ahead and, you know, take the, um, you know, the bodies that were of the, of the, of the tree to, uh, you know, I guess, you know, to, you know, to, you know, take them out where they're not going to be able to be used as fuel. You know, I mean, you know, and the thing is, is I kind of understand where people, you know, are like, you know, Look, leave the leave the land that it's, it's nature. Leave it so that it, it burns itself out. That's kind of how it's supposed to be. But my point is, is if people weren't, as you as you just said, if people weren't living in these areas, they probably shouldn't be living in. You know, you really, it's like, look, you got you got one or two options. If you're gonna live in a, I, I hear a lot of clicking in the background. I don't know what that is, but if you can get that to stop, but. Um, oh my God. There you go. That sounded good. And then, you know, so look, I mean, if you're going to live in these wooded areas, then you're going to have to at least take the old brush out, take out the old trees, take out take out the dying timbers, and you're not going to be able to just by you invading that forest with your home, you are you are already setting up the situation where you're going to have to thin out the forest, or at least thin out the dead brush, the thin trees, and the overgrowth, things of that nature. You're going to have to thin it out. You're not, you went, your encroachment on the forest had made it so that the forest could no longer be treated naturally because you just invaded it. Uh, now, if, if, you were, if your house wasn't there and these fires would happen naturally and burn the way that you know, nature intended it you know, for the recycling aspect, the natural cycle, then you got to stay out of there if you want that to happen. You know, I mean, I know people are like, oh, but I want to live in the you know, where, where there's nature and this and that. It's like, yes, but it, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it where you're living in nature and then not have to do anything to keep your home safe. 
you know, from from these these massive fires. If you want them to be able to burn the, the their natural way they're supposed to, then you got to stay the hell out. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't do both. You got to pick one or the other. That that's what I think is the you know is the, is the choice that they have to make. Just like people who live in you know flood areas, it's like you know it floods all the time. Why do you still live? Why are you still building there? You know, it's like get the hell out. Or, you know, why don't you? Why are you not making? Okay, well, well, we got you know four feet of water. Well, what the hell? Are you, why? Why aren't these homes built? You know, why aren't they erected on stilts of some sort? You know what I mean? Or, or built so that? Oh yeah, hey, if we get a hurricane, you know, we're in Louisiana. Let's go ahead and have it so that we, you know, or these homes are built on these, you know. These these big pillars and uh, you know elevated off the ground. So if there is eight you know four eight feet of water, then you're not going to have all this all these homes destroyed. I don't understand why they don't they just don't do something like that. Well, it's the politics. It's it's really the politics of that. You know, California is the shining example of what happens when you allow uh, movement. To dictate as opposed to what the free market and what you know the professionals are actually doing. I did not know it was that bad in California. You know, I left when I was 13. It was the Golden State. We had Pete Wilson as the as the uh, governor, who did a lot for California, and California had a, a very very booming economy. But now uh, it just seems like there's no hope for the, there's no hope for the state or anything like that. And everybody's moving out in drones. But what I fear. And I, Kelly hit Kelly. I don't really agree with him sometimes, but he did hit the nail on the head. They're moving to other, like Idaho right now is having a crisis because there's not enough homes. They're not. They they have to build more homes for these Californians, but they all they are telling them. I said, do not bring your garbage uh, with with you here. This state is great because we don't have what you have. We don't have the high taxes. Yep. We don't have the regulations. And California just it it, it it's all it's really sad. Because California is possibly the richest resource state in the nation. It, is, it has a lot of natural resources. It's where the coldest place in America is, and it's where the hottest place in America is, all, all within 100 uh, miles of each other. You know, the, all the gold rush, everything. And now it's just falling apart, and they really don't know what they're doing with it. That's why these brush fires are just uncontrollable, and they're going to other states because – you know, once the fire catches on, it catches on. It catches on very fast, and it's not. I guess it's not the right season for the fires because it's not raining enough. Yeah, but keep I, your liberalism with you. Don't move to places like Texas and bring your liberal ways with you. I mean, you you left to escape your liberal. You 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 left your liberal state to escape what liberalism is doing, and then you vote for liberals when you get to get the other state. It's like, why do you not learn? Yeah, same, uh, same for this state. Now, Cal- uh, North Carolina is now a, well, it's a swing state, but it can turn, it can turn blue. It's a red state, but it can turn blue because we have a lot of carpetbaggers coming in left and right. And I've never, and I just don't, I've never understand. I do tell people who are from other states. I, I tell them flat out, you know, welcome to North Carolina. It's fine, it's great, but guess what? Leave your shit at the door. I said, whatever destroyed your state or city you're in, don't bring it here, because you will destroy right. the city. And that's it. And that's then you'll have to find city. yourself moving again. Why don't you just move it to play? I mean, it's like you you moved out. You moved out of that for a reason. 
why would you want to have the same policies that you moved away from in the new place that you're at? Correct. That, that, that's why when they the thought that socialism could exist, socialism pretty much failed everywhere else, but it can work here in the United States. I, I don't get that. I've never understood it either. And you know what? Socialism did not – it wasn't – okay, I'm not going to say it was a true socialism in these European countries. It's just they had a very generous – welfare state courtesy of of our tax dollars and i tell people that all the time they still have a generous a welfare state courtesy of our tax dollars but because of this administration that's going bye-bye so now they're realizing uh we can't have these anymore this utopia that we once had the money you know it's dried up there's nothing we can do about it and I get that that's what California falls to. You know, California had generous welfare programs. They had generous grants, everything you could possibly think of. The money's dried up. Uh, PG&E, PG&E was tied up with the government. They didn't fix – they listened to the environmentalists, and now everyone's reaping what they're sowing. Yeah, well, that – oh, geez. Yeah, but it's about that time, though, a couple minutes left before I have to shut things down. Tell you what, the, the three hours, even when it's just a couple of us, and we do appreciate uh, for the, the, the time that uh, Kelly came in and that, uh, even though brief, but it was still nice to uh, have him in. Um, but yeah, even that being that, hey, we still uh, did three hours, and they went, they went quickly. <laughs> and so we'll do some closing comments. Got to, you know, again, about a minute, though, I'll have to do my closing comments and then shut things down for the night. But, it, uh, David, I certainly uh, appreciate you spending all the time that you did with me tonight. So, you know, whether you want to touch base on any of the topics we discussed tonight um, or, you know, something else you want to bring in, perhaps uh, we can think about for next week, go ahead. No, it was great, uh, great talking to you. I think I'll just stay close to, uh, close to the election because we are going to see a few more bombshells. We are going to see more, few more stories that Trump did this, Trump did that. Uh, his sister, who's in the news, a uh, very bitter woman, by the way, saying – I, I forgot it was a stepsister or whatever. Very bitter woman that he did this, that, and it's it's just going to get uglier until November 3rd, and that's just how it oh, is. Oh, that's for certain. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it, it certainly will. Yeah, it's, it's going to be amazing what they're going to try to pull out, you know, when, when they get more desperate. I think the more they start, when you know, having people look around the country – and, you know, see more Trump signs cropping up. They're going to be like, oh, man, what's going on here? Um, and, and the thing is, is I heard, you know, a post the other day. Actually, somebody responded to somebody on Twitter, um, you know, when they were talking about, oh, well, we just don't see, you know, a lot of, you know, Trump signs out there, right, you know, across America, maybe like they did in 2016. I'm like, well, are you kidding me? Of course you didn't. Why? Because there's people who get who are getting beat up for wearing a mega hat. You're getting people who are killed in front of their store because they have Trump signs on it showing their support for President Trump. And they're, and they're black, and they're getting killed you know, for supporting Trump. And so you're having people who are being called a racist just for the very fact that they support Trump. You've got people who have been leaving – who are, literally lose friends because – who they are, you know, who they're voting for. So of course, people are going to keep, you know, keep it under their belt, you know, on on who they're supporting because there's genuine fear out there. It's genuine fear, and you know, and say with you know, the the polls, they're like, oh, you know, there's genuine fear out there, and you know that, oh my gosh, if I show that I'm a support race, you know, 
a Trump supporter, someone, you know, someone may hurt me or damage my home or, you know, or they think, oh, my gosh, because you're a, a you know, a, a Trump supporter, you must be a racist. So I think that's, that's coming to play. And I think, again, that might come to bite, bite them in the end because people are like, look, I'm tired of being, you know, them trying to make us feel that way. Um, so anyway, well, I'm going to you know end tonight as I do every night, and that is with uh, the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And I do appreciate everyone uh, coming in, and we will see you next week. And then, boy, I'm looking forward to the show, uh, all the series, but I'm really looking forward to the one that is going to have uh, the debate on it because I like can't wait to do analysis. So we'll take care and good night. Yeah, good night.